Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dennis Podman, a mostly Chicago Bulls podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be leaning on that mostly uh, part of the part of the show. Uh, we'll, we'll be hitting on the this is going to be a, a March Madness preview uh, through the lens of the NBA draft. Uh, that is the specialty of my uh, co-host here, uh, Brian Schroeder. Uh, hi, Brian. Hello. Uh, so we're, we're going to start with some guys that uh, Brian thinks might be uh, fits and might be available for the Bulls um, in the like 20-ish spot that they currently look like they're going to be um, drafting at. Uh, but also we're going to try to hit um, as many guys as we can ahead of the conference tournaments and the, uh, the NCAA tournament to try to give you a... a um, pretty good uh primer on who to watch uh what to watch for and um and also to just distract you from uh, the bulls five game losing streak which is, hasn't been a whole lot of fun uh we we need our our guys alex caruso and lonzo ball to, to get well soon because uh please cannot defend at all <laughs> and uh it is is making us all uh in bulls nation uh pretty pretty sad i think so uh doing something different today um, so Brian, uh, I think like, like I said, we're going to start with some, some targets for the bulls. I know in your latest mock draft that you did, uh, you have them taking Jalen Williams from Arkansas, a six ten yeah. center, uh, who is like the, uh, charge master <laughs> in, in the country. Uh, mm-hmm. what do you got on, on Jalen Williams? Super smart, uh, good athlete can shoot, can pass, can rebound, can just a very, very competent player i guess the see, i don't know this is kind of a weird the only real comp i have for him is jante porter but jante porter never got to be in the nba really so people don't know what he played like but just like a super extremely well-rounded center i don't know i think he's a good guy to bring in to just play set backup center minutes and play the four a little bit because he's like 610 235 but more importantly i think he's a guy you want to have you you would want because I think they do need to they need to maybe not put all their eggs in the in the Jokic basket uh, and <laughs> maybe plan for the fact that even if I mean Vucevic has been been good the last couple months but like you know do we want to give him the he's gonna be like thirty three when that contract expires do you want to give him that big contract then you want to try and look around for somebody to replace him and like yeah I think that might be a priority I mean they should take a four or five unless somebody slips but. Yeah, no, I think that I think that that makes sense. That the most obvious hole that they have uh, on the team right now, um, and I, I I don't necessarily believe in drafting for fit. Uh, you know, I think uh, you you can probably go look it up at somewhere on the internet. Lane Vashro, who now works for the Denver Nuggets, uh, but you know, was a, a very uh, he had the best sort of uh, draft model um, before he got hired uh, by a front mm-hmm. office. Um, he wrote a great piece years ago about. Um, you know, basically a manifesto in favor of just drafting best player available. Um, the tricky part with that is obviously always knowing uh, which player is the best one. Um, but uh, I do think that the Bulls are, um, you know, that's the most glaring spot that they have on their on their roster is uh, backup uh, yeah. backup big minutes for with a, with a guy that can really play. The other the other thing is too in this draft in particular, this draft is lousy with centers. Like there's a lot of bigs, mm-hmm. especially a lot of like just like traditional rim running, rim protecting kind of bigs. 
there are a lot of them. So like it very well might be possible if you get to 22, 23, like that might be the best guy available anyways. So, yeah, is, um, so you mentioned, you compared him a little bit to, to Jonte Porter. He's a better athlete than Jonte though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause from my memory of, of Jonte and admittedly, I, I don't follow this stuff like you do, but, um, was that he was a, he was kind of a, a gr- relatively ground bound athlete. Yeah. Uh, but he was one of the smartest players, um, in college basketball the year that he played before, uh, or, how many years did he play in college? He played one year, and then he tore his ACL in practice for the second year, and then re-tore it when he was trying to come back to play that year. Yeah, the 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 Porters uh, have just uh, yeah. they're blessed with a lot of talent uh, and size, and but just horrible luck with their their physiology. It seems like, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, well, I think more I'm getting at is that, that Jalen. I think he's most effective if you just give the ball at the, at the in the high post and let him like make decisions. Mm-hmm. He's not like a super. He's not like he can. He's just not a guy that you give the, the ball to in the post and let him work. It's not has the most effective. He's not like a big. He, I mean, he can catch dunks, but he's not like a huge lob threat like a Mark Williams is. Mm-hmm. But he's just so good at all the in between stuff. Like he's just such a good passer. He, him, and Travion Williams are the two best big passers in this class by a gigantic margin. Yeah, I was gonna um, say the other two, thing two that, best, two best like post up passers, I guess, because Chet Holmgren's a, a decent passer, but he just doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's more of a fast break kind of guy. Yeah, like I don't know if it was you or somebody else that compared uh, Chet to like big man uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I saw that like, somewhere. Yeah, but like that that as like a sort of can, him as like a connective passer, um, I think makes a lot of sense, uh, but. Jalen, I, I, the one thing I was going to say is, like, um, do you think that he has any, like, Robert Williams to him? Because, like, I I feel like Robert Williams is also, like, a pretty good passer on yeah. the move. Um, and I don't know if that's a comparison, but I don't know what, like, what kind of uh, shot blocker he is. I know he's obviously very smart and gets a lot of charges, but... Um, he's a shot changer more than a shot blocker. It's more like he puts himself in position to, like, the guy doesn't even get shot off. Yeah. More than he is like a dominant above the rim shot blocker. Yeah, that's almost better though, right? Like, yeah, uh, I think so. Um, unless, so. unless you're like an elite shot blocker. Yeah. So, so maybe he is not quite like Robert because Robert is, uh, yeah, an, an yeah. absolute like freak athlete, but uh, and not necessarily. Uh, Robert doesn't necessarily always play the most cerebral game, I will say. Yeah. Uh, but is you know very very good. But I just um, was more thinking offensively in terms of being able to make for the uh, Bulls for the Bulls plays. purposes specifically. He is a twenty eight point five defensive rebound percentage guy. That would help. <laughs> uh, Fifteen assist percentage, two point five steal, four point three block. Those yeah. are pretty. Those are not common numbers. Almost fifty free throw rate. Good true shooting. Like he's just really effective. Arkansas has really come on lately and it's because they've just really started running more through him and JD Note, their guard is on like a huge hot streak. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just, as a, as like a one, you know, we mentioned that he's a, a great uh, charge drawer. And I just want to say quickly that like um, over and over again, uh, being good at drawing charges uh, is a thing that pops in models that try to yes. model impact. Um, 
you know, it's not a thing that's in like BPM or something like that because uh, it's not in the traditional box score, but in any metric that is based on sort of play-by-play data that includes that, um, it always pops. It's like mm-hmm. nearly as significant as uh, steals, um, which makes sense on some level because you're stopping an offensive possession and getting possession for your team. And, you know, you're forcing yep. a turnover. Um, and it also just uh, is an indicator um of uh just a, a, reading a, reading yeah, react stuff yeah rotational intelligence that um you, there isn't a lot of other proxies for um no. in, in most of the data that's available so um i would love jalen williams um i think that that would be a great pick um but there are other choices that are going to be in that range uh so let's move on to uh your next um option for the for the bulls who you got uh, this is kind of a long shot. Like, I don't think he's going to make it there, but if Jeremy Sohan makes it there, they have to take him, I feel like. That's Jeremy Sohan from... Uh, from Baylor. From Baylor, yeah. yes. The best Baylor prospect, even though Kendall Brown started off the season shooting 75% from the field. And they, they, Kendall Brown is still a good prospect, too. He's an awesome athlete. Um, Sohan is just super competent, and he's very young. He's uh, legit 6'9", 225. He could shoot. He can pass. He can handle. He can. He's a again. It's super. Those are probably the two, outside of like the elite prospects. Those are probably the two best team defenders, in yeah. that range, and that's what the Bulls need. Like Sohan or Jalen, I'm just imagining those guys. Like any deficiency those guys have as like pick and roll defenders. If Caruso is handling the outside of the pick and roll, they'll be fine. Like. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's the big that's the big thing now, especially with Caruso out, with Lonzo out too. But Lonzo, I think, is more of the reactor, like the play, like the uh, free safety kind of defender. Yeah, he's, he's um, an event creator more so than a a, a play stopper. Of the yeah, other. yeah. Caruso, it's been really obvious that when he's not out, like it's just the commun- the level of communication is just is so much lower. He fills in so many holes, and just having another guy who can do that is just a. If you're a team, like, they're not going to be getting all, you know, very unlikely that the Bulls are, will be getting a star in this mm-hmm. draft. Like, it could happen, but, you know, it's just not, like, you're yeah. not looking for that in the 20s. I mean, they they did draft future star Ayodo Sumu uh, in the That's second true. round last year, so. <laughs> but, like, um. Current star Ayodo Sumu, frankly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Sohan is just a really strong fit. Like, I don't necessarily, he, he and Jalen, this is going to be strange to some people because of how much we put into production. I would have those two and Keegan Murray as all three out of five prospects. That's a new thing I'm working on where like if you were to write down every relevant skill and and grade them out of five, they'd all be at least a three in everything. Mm -hmm. And that makes them all good prospects. But Keegan is is considered like a star level prospect because he's he's production level so much higher because he plays on a team that force feeds him. Mm Mm-hmm. And like like Keegan is talented. Keegan shoot. He can play defense. He's a good athlete. Like he's a good prospect. But like, yeah, I was gonna say you're not drafting guys like that and be like, this is our star. It's more like this is our fifth man. Yeah, I was gonna say Keegan uh, (laughs) occupies like um, a similar space to me as uh, Tari Eason in terms of like I don't think that they're necessarily future stars, but outside of the top four or five guys there's nobody in the draft that i feel like i have more certainty that they're an nba player than those two yeah. guys um i, I would, don't know like what level but they i feel very certain with them that they that they're gonna play in the league for a while i would almost to the point 
and I know so there are some Bulls fans who will not like this, and I understand why. If Tari, let's say, see the thing is Portland wouldn't do that, but let's say I'm Memphis, I don't know, has that first pick, that Lakers pick, and they don't want it, I would trade our pick and Kobe for that pick to get Tari Eason. Because uh, Tari is Tari has a skill that again nobody besides Caruso on this team has, in that he is a complete psychopath, like a complete absolute competition psychopath. Like, like some guys have the you know the motor issues. Some guys drive their motors up and down. That's it's a motor. Tari Eason, the biggest reason he's a bench player for LSU is because their coach has said, "I'm worried if I start him, he's gonna hurt himself. <laughs> he's gonna like run into people. He's a he's just." Like that's the that's the Giannis thing, right? Like they used yeah. to cap his minutes because they were like, no, he he will break himself if we play him more than like thirty two minutes. Eventually, they got to a point where they trusted him more, but that was like for a while. It was always yeah. everybody was always yelling at Bud, like, why don't you play Giannis more? And he like the you know behind the scenes of it all was like, uh, yeah, they were worried that he couldn't play at that level uh, yeah. more than that many minutes without getting hurt. Tari like. Is is like ramps the the ramps it up to eleven and breaks off the knob and it's just, just <laughs> constant like redlining. He's always redlining. He's always he's like in a video game when you're driving like in a, a, a open world video game and you don't you don't you just full speed drive all the time <laughs> through everything. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> the fact that he only averages like four a little over four fouls per hundred possessions or whatever is like he doesn't foul out all the time. Yeah. You probably yeah, should with the way he plays. <laughs> well, if he comes to the Bulls, I mean, he'll probably foul out a bunch because the Bulls uh, apparently uh, they get called for every every foul uh, that they that they have. Well, listen, <laughs> they, they've been Derek Jones may not be coming back. They need they need a guy who's going to foul out immediately. <laughs> yeah, they do. They they do need that. I, I mean, that is another thing. Uh, like again, I, I don't necessarily believe in in drafting for uh, for fit per se. Um, I, I do think it's a little bit more case by case than, uh, than, you know, just the BPA strategy necessarily yeah. would indicate. Um, but I, I, I was going to say like the bulls do have a couple of guys that, in this rotation that they're going to have to replace probably next year. Like, yeah. um, I don't think Derek Jones will be back, uh, I mean, maybe, I, but, but I just, I, I guess, like, it's not a, like, particularly great free agent class, and I, I feel like um, he might get, you know, some offers that are... They might just get Bulls. priced out, yeah. Yeah, that the, more than the Bulls can really, um, really realistically pay, uh, given where their, their salary is at, especially with they're going to have to max out Zach. Um, but, um, and, like, Troy Brown, uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think it's some big loss, but they're going to have to replace Troy Brown's minutes um, because I, I just don't think he's been good enough. And he's still young uh, and has the the sort of tools enough that I think that somebody might take a flyer on him. I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not based on any intel or anything. I, I don't have any sources in the Bulls front office, but I just I'm skeptical that he'll be back. So. You know, that was part of the reason why I wanted them to package those salaries and try to go get somebody, um, especially like if they could have used Kobe to do that. I thought that that would have made some sense just because I think that they're going to have to pay Kobe now or get rid of him um, pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, and those guys are 
you know, those salary slots are probably going away. And um, my worry is that they're just going to, to fold those salary slots into Zach's new salary and be like, well, good enough. And, you know, just go for yeah. minimum guys or whatever. But if they could replace one of those guys uh, in the draft, um, with, you know, with a guy that can play right away, uh, that would be helpful. You know, yeah. you're not going to get an IO every single year, but uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Karnaschovas has a, had a pretty good drafting record. Um <laughs> In you know, to the extent that you can put any influence of his uh, down to you know, he was part of a a group in Denver that drafted yeah. very well. Um, but and I think he's drafted pretty well so far, with the you know notable exception of of Marco, who seems like he can't play. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, so yeah, Batari I think would be a, a terrific fit. Like they just need he's a, he's pretty physically dominant at the college level. Like he just knocks people over all the time. He's just super fast. He's really fast. The shot is not like it looks weird, but it's not busted. Like and he, he's he, not he's very comfortable taking them, so mm-hmm. I think that's fine. And he's like really would be an awesome small ball center. That's that's really, that's his destiny. Um, I think of him honestly, he's not that different from like a Paul Reed, but I think he's just better at basketball. Yeah, um, Paul Reed, yeah, another so- guy that should probably play, but you know Doc Rivers going to Doc Rivers. So. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Those guys, are, him and Sohan are both guys I don't think will make it to the Bulls. Oshai Abaji is another guy who may not make it. I'm not a huge Oshai guy, but he has been a consistently good shooter. He's a good athlete. Um, yeah. That is, one other thing that the, that is one other thing that the Bulls really lack for is role players that really shoot it. Yeah. Um, like Kobe can shoot, obviously, but like uh, Javante is a very inconsistent shooter. Derek Jones yeah. is a very yeah. inconsistent shooter. Kurt Brown is a very inconsistent shooter. Yeah, so like if they if they could get like a guy that can really knock it down, uh, yeah. that would be nice. Oshai reminds me of Ben McLemore in like not the best ways, but like Ben McLemore is still an NBA player. Yeah, um, and like he's he's become like a he's like a good intermediate scorer, and he's become like the lead player on a pretty good Kansas team. So like he's still he's still he's still pretty young for a fifth year guy or fourth year guy, fourth year guy. Oh yeah, he's fourth year guy because he came he started in the middle of his freshman year. Like they had so many injuries that they burned his redshirt year. And oh wow! And he was like pretty. He was like pretty intriguing, and they should probably he probably could have come out then, but yeah, you know he's gonna, become one of the best players in his conference. So I think he's happy with it. I was gonna say with with uh, Oshai, you know, if if he does remind you of Ben McLemore in like not the best ways, I th- I think like the thing with Ben McLemore is that like he was a lottery pick. I think if you take yeah. Ben McLemore yeah. like at the end of the first round, you're probably not as like, you're not super upset about it. Yeah. Um, but taking him, uh, you know, uh, where did he go? Seven or something? Uh, yeah. He was very high up in the draft and it was just like, yeah, he's not that he's that, that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, sticking with Kansas. I also like Christian Brown. I don't, you, I mean, I think if he has a good tournament, he might get into that. If, if they end up winning a few more games and get like 25, 26, that's fine. Cause he's just a pretty consummate, like just a solid wing. He'd probably be the guy who, who could take those twenty round minutes, and I think do pretty well. He can. He, he's a good. He's a he's a good athlete for a white boy, as they say. I mean, he's like <laughs> a really good athlete. Could kind of shoot, just like plays really hard. Good, good defense. Good like um, off ball rebounder. Just like flies around and gets a bunch of rebounds. I mm-hmm. like Christian Brown. He's he's solid. Yeah, he's a is is he uh, a shooter or do I just think that because he's white? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he can he can shoot. It's a little strange looking, but he's not like a. Let me look at exact numbers. Oh shit! Wrong, uh, <laughs> wrong tab. I mean, he's still he's thirty-seven percent for his career. 
yeah, I mean that thirty seven percent like in college is is good, especially because mm-hmm. that that's like before you're in a in gyms literally every single day, uh, and it's your job to just get shots. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't consider him like a knockdown shooter, but he he's like yeah. a shooter. He can shoot. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna fly through some of these because like Jaden Ivey, they're not getting Jaden Ivey. I'm going through. I have the sorted by conference. They're not getting Johnny Davis. Um, there's a, the, uh, the Big Ten's interesting because there's guys who I like, don't think are ready to contribute. Mm-hmm. Like back for C. Caleb Houston, even kind of like Malachi Branham from Iowa State. Those guys are all like maybe maybe guys who should go back. Maybe guys who could go like Desire Williams types. That's what mm-hmm. they are kind of. And Desire Williams has been fine, but I don't think the reason I think the biggest reason that was a good pick for the Grizzlies is that they have the luxury of the, they don't need Iowa Williams. To play. They're they're fifteen deep and yeah. <laughs> like Bulls I mean he not. does play for them though. Yeah, uh, but like yeah they don't need him necessarily. He's not a high leverage rotation player for them. Right. Um, and the Bulls just they they it's it's these last uh, three or four weeks have proven they they just really need. Uh, they are not yes. fifteen deep. <laughs> yeah. So the guy from the Big Ten, I think they would really look at is EJ Liddell. Um, I like EJ. I, I, I was doing some some poking around in stats, uh, which is going to be a theme of this podcast. Is like uh, Brian has watched all of these guys for the most part. Uh, I have uh, poked around on BartTorvik.com and uh, and then went and got went and watched their YouTube highlights. So our processes are are, are not the same, but I do like EJ. Uh, he looks like he has an NBA body. He's very productive. Uh, he gets gets better every year, which is a thing you like to see. Yeah. And he was good all four years, too, at Ohio yeah. State. Yep. Yeah. Against, um, you know, good competition. I mean, the Big Ten uh, is really stacked the with... Biggest league in, the biggest league in the country, for sure. Yeah. And also just, like, stacked with guys that are either NBA talents or uh, at least fringe NBA talents. Uh, so, you know, the, yeah. he's not he's not beating up on, like, a, a crummy conference. No. EJ is really solid. Um, he's a very good shot blocker for a six six and a half six seven guy. I think the idea of him is kind of in the Paul Millsap mold, mm-hmm. like a, more of a more of a traditional four, right? Um, Which I mean but, wouldn't be the worst thing for the Bulls because their uh, no. their their whole setup is sort of to make Vooch kind of uh, poor man's Jokic and uh, to protect him in very similar ways to what the um, Nuggets used to do with with Millsap and Jokic. That's the thing about EJ is he's not. I'm not gonna say he's a goon, but he can definitely like he's just he's wide. This is a big dude. Like he can screen. Yeah. He's gonna clear out the paint for people. He'll seal really well. Like EJ is a pretty much a ready-made role player right now. He's actually not that different. I feel like I think he's a better prospect, but I don't think he's that much different than like uh, um, Lamar Stevens. Okay, just like a really big body guy. Yeah. Who can, Coming to step in and play some minutes, and Lamar Stevens has played pretty consistent minutes for a good team this year. So, like, I like EJ. He may he may go up higher. I don't know. It really depends on what they do in the tournament because it's that's always how this stuff depends on. But like EJ Liddell is a first team big big time player, and he's been very good for four years, and it's just a, a quality player. So, yeah, I mean, not he's... hear me complain if, you, if they took him. Yeah, well, I was gonna say too. Like, I think so much of it depends too. Like, you know, everybody has their ranges or whatever, but like. I don't know. Nobody thought Josh Primo was going in, going yeah. where he went, and so like it, it, where guys actually end up going, it's like uh, the the error bars on mock drafts are, especially once you get outside of the lottery, are much larger. Uh, I think because once you get outside of the lottery, you're you're really talking about 
tears um, in a pretty significant way. Um, oh man, I've been listening to so much S- Sam Vecini podcasting that I <laughs> that I just use one of his one of his uh, verbal things that he does in, in a significant way. <laughs> Anyways, shout out to Sam. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think that you know they it varies a lot once you get outside of the lottery in terms of like what. NBA teams, they have different processes and they, they value different things. Um, and, you know, there's not as much, uh, I think, um, I think a lot of draft Twitter kind of thinks pretty similarly about this stuff. There's a little bit of, uh, um, I'll say homogeneity uh, to the, the thought process, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, but I think there's maybe more of a, um, a difference with what draft Twitter values versus what uh, NBA teams value. Uh, and you see that every year in terms of mm-hmm. uh, where guys end up and how shocked people are about it. Um, I think draft Twitter's record is pretty good, uh, you know, comparably. Um, but it's also like, you know, each, each pick is like one team's decision as opposed to like, yeah, you know, it seems like different boards have a different, yeah, different process. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the problem with, with, like I would say 75% of a draft order as it existed four years ago is no longer in the space. So it's hard to really, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they all got, they, they all now uh, like 75% of them all work for NBA teams now. Yeah. Uh, highly concentrated in, uh, in Memphis and Houston. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me move to the FCC here. They won't take Ty Ty even if he gets there. J.D. Davidson, I'm not a fan of. We said Jalen Williams. Alex Fudge is probably not coming out this year, but I would take him just because he's a freakish uh, no, defender. Number one, size. number one, Alex Fudge stan. Uh, uh, no, I'm not. Range. I'm not. Uh, who's who's, uh, who's ahead of you? Who loves Zay, Alex Fudge more than you? At, uh, at not Zay twenty twenty two on Twitter. Xavier, uh-huh. Yeah, he's a big Alex Fudge. Yeah, he's been around for like two years. So. Okay. All right. Well, as he is everyone from that area of Florida. Well, Zay, I re- I regret the area, the error. Uh, um, but uh, no, number two, uh, Alex Fudge fan in the world, uh, Brian Schroeder. <laughs> um, I guess if Walker Kessler made it down there, I mean, I think that's only problem is, is that you could not play him and Vooch together at all. But yeah, Walker Kessler is a pretty dominant shot blocker. Um. It's weird to talk about the Bulls this year because they don't have a second round pick. But like, if Scottie Pippen Jr. comes out and doesn't, just for the for the fun of it, you could pick him up with an undrafted guy. <laughs> yeah, that would be um, cool to to have Scottie's good. Scottie's to, good player. To actually have why. young Pip, <laughs> so, so Stacy yeah. could talk about young Pip uh, and, and actually be accurate for once. And at I least think in a I literal think there's, sense, there's room on their roster to have one extra, just little like a little card. They don't really have a backup. Yeah. Yeah, they they decided that uh, seem to have decided that uh, Devin Dotson is not that guy. So yeah, which you know I like Dot, but he can't shoot. Which you know yep. if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a role you know player in the sh- NBA, you know he can shoot. Scotty Pippen Jr. There you go. He's well, that, that's uh, you know to shout out another uh, uh, draft podcast. I, I, um, I I've been listening to a lot of uh, Chucking Darts lately. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Chuck. Uh, that's probably shout out to Chuck. That's, that's probably a, a pen name, but he, he talks a lot about like how, if you're not going to be a star, like you got to shoot. Um, and I, that's like, that's the Dotson problem uh, is, you know, that he's not a star. And so uh, he's got to shoot and he cannot do. So <laughs> uh, there you go. That, that's the, the Devin Dotson problem. Yep. Unfortunately, um, move on to the Big East. Justin Lewis. I've talked about Justin Lewis on Chuck and Darts podcast. I love Justin Lewis. 
Um, physically, one of the strongest players in this entire class. He is super aggressive. He can really shoot. Like he's come on really strongly as a shooter. Uh, he's not. I don't know. I, I don't think he's a good defender, but like he's super broad shouldered and super long limbed and like plays hard, so he's not bad. Right. And like, yeah, I'm just a big Justin Lewis guy. He's really stepped up. Like Marquette is weird because they're kind of they have some bad losses because they've had like every, they've had a bunch of cold shooting games, but they've also beaten Villanova twice and they beat Illinois. So like they're a, they're a tournament team, mm-hmm. and he is their best player. So Still pretty young for a sophomore. He will be available to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Justin Lewis guy. He's just exciting to me. He just has he's a matchup hunter. He's a mismatch hunter. Like I, I think there's a little bit of PJ Washington. Now, PJ was not like an aggressive scorer. He still isn't. He doesn't really go hunt his shot. And, and Justin Lewis is Justin Lewis is his role in the NBA is very obvious to me, and that is immediately he's a guy who comes off the bench, finds whoever the weak link is for their team's defense, and just goes just attacks them mercilessly. Yeah, basically what the Bulls do with Demar when he plays with the bench units. Yeah, <laughs> just just pick on pick on the worst that guy. exact. I mean, maybe maybe it's because he he reminds me of how I played when I was like fourteen when I got really tall, <laughs> and then I just looked. If if anyone small got on me, I was just yeah, you're going to the post. And if anyone <laughs> tall got on me, I would just do dribble drives and pull up past them. So the, the the eight months of my life when I was a really good basketball player before everyone else started getting tall, <laughs> before everyone else caught up. <laughs> when I when I got to be when I got to be the LeBron James of my neighborhood uh, games because we would play like games to twenty one and I would have like eighteen and fifteen in every game. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, b- being big, uh, a, a big advantage. Being in, big and, fa- and fast, I was fast. Like, yes, well, so I, was, yeah. I was still I was still playing baseball at that point, so I knew how to run properly. Yeah. So like, yeah, I would just be full court and I would just get a rebound, run down, do a layup, get a rebound, run down, do a layup. It was great. Yeah, I don't think I ever learned to run properly because uh, my evidence for this is every time I run for uh, even t- still today, but even when I was young and this shouldn't have been happening to me, uh, if I play basketball for multiple hours the, the next day, I just feel like absolute uh, garbage because like my feet hurt, my hips hurt. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, oh, my running form must I, be garbage. I had I had to learn how to do it because I had shin splits because I got I got so tall so quickly and I had to do training. I did like rehab stuff. Yeah, I had a really rough four or five years. But the benefit was I got to be I got to hit a bunch of doubles and play a bunch of basketball. And then then I got to like seventh eighth grade and everyone was as tall as me and suddenly I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm sure it was fun. While it, goes. I, I'm uh, sure it was fun while it lasted. I I, did, I never got to be a dominant basketball player for great. for for any period of time. Yeah, so it, was, it was awesome. I'll, I'll never I know what it. that's like. <laughs> Anyways, Justin Lewis. Um, there's a little bit of Grant. I mean, he's a very different player than Grant Williams. Grant Williams is kind of like that in college, or it's just mm-hmm. like you're you're not strong enough to fucking detect this guy. Like he's just too big, yeah. too powerful. I'm a big fan. I'm still a Julian Champagne fan for them, um, because he can shoot. And he's six eight, and it, high stock rates. He's just he's been really streaky this year. I don't know if he I don't know if he's been injured or not, because <clears throat> he's had a bunch of like one for fourteen. No, maybe not that bad. But he's had like one for nine games, mm-hmm. three for fifteen games, and then he'll have like an eight for twelve game, and you're like, oh, he's getting. And the next game, he's just right back down. But yeah, St. John's. I don't think he's going to be in the tournament anyway. <clears throat> who will be in a tournament, who is an interesting kind of flyer guy for them is Andre Jackson, who I'm a huge fan of from UConn. Because he's just an awesome athlete. Really, he's got, it's weird because he's got a huge turnover rate, but I think it's because he gets called for so many charges because it's college. Yeah. Um, but he's an awesome, awesome, like super high point rebounder, super above the rim dunker, 
but also as like an act like a really just lots of interesting dump off passes and like wraparounds and like really like high level secondary passes. And like he does, but the problem is the reason I don't think he's going to be, he'll end up being like an undrafted guy probably next year is that he just doesn't try to score. He's like a seven points a game guy. Yeah. On a lot of offensive rebounds, but I'm just like, he's just every time you, I've watched UConn, he does just really exciting stuff. He's just a really fun player. And I would be, very intrigued in him. It, I mean, there's other guys who I think are more intriguing, but he's just a guy I like to mention. So, yeah. yeah. You want to move to the to the ACC and, and hit some some both guys there. The, I, I'm going to say I'm putting my flag down. One of my favorite guys in the draft. I, I don't know if he's a good fit for the Bulls, but I love Turquavion Smith. Yeah. Uh, I'm part of Turquavion Hive. I, I'm 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 all in on him. He. Uh, I feel like he's got a little bit of Bones Highland to him, uh, being like a skinny bucket getter. But uh, I mean, the, the comp that I keep seeing when I see him is is, is Ant Simons, Anthony Simons. Yeah, yeah, he's not quite as. I, I guess Bones is a little bit bigger than him. Bigger uh, and lankier, and more of yeah. like a, uh, a goofy foot finisher, and like how's all that weird Shea stuff. Jaquavion just drops bombs on people. Yeah, that's really what it is. Like that's all. It's he's, pull up jumpers for days. <laughs> it's Jaquavion Smith. He's a good athlete. I don't know if he's gonna. I mean, they might be. They lost in the first round of the ACC tournament. They were not a very good team this year. They might be done. Like I don't yeah. know if they're going to go to the NIT, so he may not be a guy who gets the kind of buzz he deserves. And he may come back for a, a second year, which would be fine. He could be one of the best returners in the country, I feel like, because this guy has gone since January 1st. I think he's had – I think it – was it February 1st? I don't know. It, it's, in their last 12 games, he scored 20, 19 or more points like nine times. Yeah, he's, had, he's doing this in the ACC, which is he's like had a good competition. Six straight twenty-point games coming up into today, like just really bombing people. Really productive scorer. I'm a big fan. Uh, I, yeah, I guess you'd take him if you really, if they really are um, moving off of Kobe. Which yeah, they, yeah. I mean, he would. I think he would be a good Kobe replacement, frankly, just because yeah. very similar role, uh, and you could maybe get something for Kobe before you have to pay him. Um, which I think is probably the right move just because I, you know, I, I really like Kobe. I've been really impressed with uh, how much he's improved this year. Uh, but I just don't know that uh, even for Kobe, I think that it might be better for him to, mm-hmm. to get moved to a place where he has a chance to be something more than, you know, a sixth or seventh man. Well, they're simply not going to be able to pay him 20 million a year and he will get those offers. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they should probably pull the trigger on that in the offseason, uh, mm. I think. Um, you know, assuming that they get good offers, obviously you could take it to the deadline, but then you're running up against the fact that, uh, you know, teams know you have to deal them because you're yeah. probably not yep. bringing them back. So I, I think this offseason is probably when they have to move Kobe. And um, Turquavion would be a great Kobe replacement because he, you know, very much in the same mold of, like, bucket getter off the bench. Another guy I don't know if they would necessarily need next year, but um, maybe the player that if, let's just say, if the current mock drafts are accurate or even remotely accurate, probably my number one target would be Blake Wesley because um, he just has the most, like he, he is the most obvious guy to me who could be a legitimate high-level NBA player who is not currently mocked in the first round in a lot of places. Yeah, you have him tenth on your. Uh, I mean, I know that you're you haven't uh, fully updated your board, but like the most he's gonna, version I've he's going to be a lottery player. Yeah, for me. yeah, um, and 
yeah, I mean, if if you can get a lottery talent uh, outside of you know down in the twenties, uh, I mean, I, I think the Bulls. Uh, I think it's pretty clear at this point that the Bulls probably got a lottery talent with IO, and that was at thirty eight. So uh, if you can do that again, certainly a first round talent. Huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely better than um, at least eight of the guys that <laughs> went ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably more than that, uh, just because I I think that like his IO's like learn learn rate has been exceptional and um i think that that stuff translates and he'll probably continue to get better so this is my pitch for blake wesley he is a super high usage player right now on a team he is 18 years old he doesn't turn 19 till it's later this year and he is the number one scorer and number one usage guy on the current two seed in the acc tournament wow Uh, a team that is almost entirely everyone else who plays major minutes is a is an upperclassman and they're all like good. Like Dan Goodwin's a good player. Nate Lajewski, Cormac Ryan, Paul Atkinson. Paul Atkinson was the Ivy League player of the year two years ago. Prentice Hub is fine. And like he is 6'5 with a 6'11 wingspan, super young. Just the, the super, like his finishing around the rim is not very good. But part of it, I feel like, is because his tools are so good. He gets attempts that he shouldn't and he just can't finish them. Like, yeah. He's able to get to make – and here's the other thing. Um, people talk about spacing in college as though, like, like college spacing has been – like, I, I don't know, watch a full game. It's not that bad. Like, it's really mm-hmm. not – it's okay. Um, the, the, problem, the, the problem with college spacing is that teams are just allowed to collapse in four guys in the paint all the time. Right. So you get guys like Anthony Edwards who shoot, like, 51% on the rim in college. Right. Yeah, I was just... going to say that I like his, his being a bad finisher when you're that young. Uh, if you're getting the attempts, doesn't bother me so much. Uh, because I mean, like if you're getting there, I bet on the that that's probably skill level and speed. Mm. And I think if you're not finishing well, but you're still getting there, um, consistently. Um, one, I mean, rim attempts are still better. Uh, yes. Than, pretty much all the time then even if it's even if you're a quote-unquote bad finisher that's better than shooting uh you know a 40 percent mid-range jumper or whatever mm-hmm. uh but also i think that that stuff generally speaking gets better as guys get older and stronger and more yeah. mature so if you can find i mean that's a way to to find value on guys because i i think that teams do look at like finishing rates um, and i don't think that that's wrong but i i think that like you do have to age just that specifically and adjust for like this guy's gonna get stronger um and you can't the other thing too is he is blake wesley is one of the best two three dribble pull-up shooters in this class Mm -hmm. um and that guy specifically learning from damar learning more craft stuff uh, seems like a good idea to me yeah i mean damar i I mean you know i i I gotta give uh most of the credit here to to io just being a fast learner but it, Mm -hmm. it does seem like uh he's been learning um all of Demar's like, well, not all of it, but like he's been learning Demar's like little pull-up game uh, and like how to how to get into his spots and and get to those you know fifteen-foot uh, pull-ups and um, even doing that you know in a floor that isn't necessarily super well spaced because he's playing with Demar and Demar wants to be in the mid-range and realistically Vooch would prefer to be in the mid-range. Uh, like the Bulls don't shoot a lot of uh, a lot of threes, but they're they're still getting guys to their spots. And you know, I, okay. I think that if just for uh, some, Blake did that, that would be you know base, some some basic number stuff for Blake Wesley. Fifty-five <clears> percent <throat> of his shots come at the rim, which is pretty good for a guard. Yep. Um, pretty good for a guard who is a, who takes a lot of jumpers. Uh, 
less than yeah, about a quarter of those have been assisted, a quarter of his makes. And of his <clears throat> eighty nine two point jumpers, two have been assisted. Yeah. So he's self generating <clears throat> a shitload of offense. Yeah. It takes a lot of threes. He's just been he's been cold. His form needs to be tweaked a little. He just has like some weird releases. Because he's gone on, he's gone on like huge, like forty-five percent streaks, and he's gone like over six, over five, over like he just has that. But he just has the tools. He's good at the. He's already. He's a good defender. Like that's not even. A, he's one of their best. Like he's just his tools are. The tools are awesome. Mentality is just really aggressive. I feel like he's just such an obvious. It's a bet I'm going to make. Every time. On, on this guy being like a low-level star, even like a Karis on the player, you know, useful that a Karis would be for them. Yeah, no, I mean he would be he would be very helpful. Like I'm not even a big Karis guy, but like having additional shot creation on the bench is yeah. uh, is very helpful. And it's, I mean, especially if you know, I don't, I think Karis is probably kind of a bad defender, but uh, yeah. if if uh, Wesley, no, no probably be, he is a bad defender. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. Uh, I I always caveat I over caveat like everything I say, which is an, an annoying tick that comes from be- having been a lawyer. Um, but, uh, but yes, Karis is a bad defender. Uh, but I I think if you know uh, Blake Wesley is a is a good defender, you know, uh, in the ACC, you know, as an eighteen year old, then he's probably going to be at least a, a decent defender, especially given the tools that you've kind of outlined. So. Um, you know, if, if you have somebody that's like a Karis level offensive player, but also is a good defender, like that's a that's a useful guy for sure. No, Blake does not have any of the the, the uh, mid range floater game that Karis has. But here's a, here's an important thing. Um, he is certainly no question whatsoever. He is a better player at 18 than Karis Levert was because Karis Levert was awful at, yeah. at Michigan, and then he broke his foot and he didn't play for like two years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so much of what Karis, like, and I think even to this day, like, so much of Karis' appeal is, like, he looks like, he, he's, like, uh, better than Cam Reddish, but, like, kind of has the same thing of, like, he looks like a star. Like, yeah. he, he plays like he should negative, be a star. Negative 0.3 BPM for Karis LeVert in 350 minutes, uh, 39 true shooting in 350 minutes as a freshman in Michigan. So, yeah, he was terrible. Yeah, uh, Blake Wesley, much better than that. Yes. Um, I'm just, you, I, I, Blake is just, he just pops every time I see him. He does... Truly awesome shit. Uh, do you think that? Uh, do you want to talk about the um, the guys from Duke or Alondis or are those guys that you don't really see as a fit? I mean, uh, Mark Williams would be worse. I, I Trevor, I'm not a big Trevor Kill guy. I don't know what it is. I just doesn't. He doesn't. I don't like his process. The way he gets into his shots, but like he's been pretty good. And he's still he's still pretty young too. Mm-hmm. And he he may be suffering. Like maybe if he was on Wake Forest, he'd be putting up crazy numbers because he's on. Everyone except Paulo is suffering because they have so many guys there. Yes, um, Mark Williams is a very simple player, but like if they if they're at twenty five and they took him, I wouldn't say it was wrong because he's seven one with a seven seven wingspan and dunks everything. Yeah, you can. I mean, he's almost certainly. Uh, I mean, an, an I mean, NBA center. It's just yeah. how how valuable is that? And do it was, you spend a draft pick on that? Yeah, it was goofy. It was goofy when Bulls fans were like, they, they got to build around Daniel Gafford. But also, if they had Daniel Gafford right now, he'd be very useful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mark Williams is a he's he's a little bit bulkier than than Gaff, yeah, he's though, right? Two forty, yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. Um. Did do you do you think of Alondis from Wake Forest is a so, yeah. is a Bulls fit or no? Sure, I don't know. He's he's honestly though the problem. I think the problem with that he's kind of a very similar player to to Blake Wesley, mm-hmm. and he's four years older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But Alonis yeah. is Alonis has played worked worked really hard. He's a good passer. He, he's like he's an I think he's an NBA player. He's just I don't know if I want a huge usage guy for there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's unfortunate. If they had a second round pick, that's the guy I'd be on. But yeah. Uh speaking of guys that you might be on with second round picks, what do you think about Jake Laravia? I I like he's Jake. Awesome. He he uh, again when I was doing my my little numbers sifting uh um super I, competent. I, yeah, he's just good at like a lot of things and he's big. Um like he plays very physically. Yeah, he's he's a super skilled guy like has a pretty high assist rate. He's, you know, like I said he's big. I think he's 6'8 or 6'9. Good steals guy for like a full-time 4-5. Like that's that's a rare. That doesn't happen that much. Yeah. Well, that's also like, you know, if a guy's not like um an an amazing athlete like i don't think jake's like a bad athlete but he he's you know i don't think he jumps off the screen as an athlete but like if you're not going I'll to say do this, that but you have he, good hands some of this threshold stuff is very similar to gordon hayward's he's not as good an athlete as gordon hayward yeah yeah so like gordon like, hayward was gordon hayward was was a double crossover at the top of the screen top of the the lane, uh, three-point line taking two dribbles and doing like big one-handed dunks through through college defense. It's like Gordon Hayward is an awesome athlete. Yeah. He's, he's uh he, he was a great, I mean, Gordon Hayward is a lottery pick for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> he was a, a great athlete. Uh, but yeah, I like Jake. He uh, really, he basically doesn't do anything poorly. It seems like, uh, yeah. which, you know, and again, is doing it against a pretty high level competition. The ACC is like a good conference. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I think he's probably like he's another guy that I have like a decent amount of certainty that like I feel like he is going to be an NBA player. It's yeah. just like how good is he going to be? Um, moving the Pac-12 there, Matherin's not a guy that the Bulls are going to. He's going to be going with before then. Uh, Harrison Ingram, I think might go back, but I'm, I like him a lot. He's six eight two. He's listed two thirty. He's probably two forty five, two fifty, and he's like a ball handler and like point forward type. He can't really shoot. I think his problem is he's just not really an athlete, but I still think he's a pretty he's an interesting NBA prospect. the The thing with the Harris Ingram, you kind of hope he gets taller, yeah. Then he could be like a five, and that'd be kind of awesome. But he's just like really he's an under the rim player. Yeah, for a five, he would be very skilled, right? <laughs> yeah, he's not yeah. like a he'd basically be Travion Williams, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I still like him. Jabari Walker, I'm not out on all the way. I just he hasn't had a bad he's had a bad shooting year. Coloco is kind of similar to Mark Williams. He's just yeah, did you skip? First, did you skip Peyton Watson, or do you you not find him to be a a, a good? Oh no, I'm I'm saving Peyton. I, oh, okay, I am sorry. I am the bad. Peyton Watson guy. He's <laughs> had right, right. a truly awful year as a scorer, and yet he is one of the best perimeter defenders in college basketball as a pretty young wing. I still 100 percent believe in Peyton Watson. I just don't think I don't know if he's going to be out this year. Yeah, it's like. UCLA eventually all those guys are going to leave UCLA and then it's like they're going to have to let him shoot and maybe he'll become a top five pick because he has the frame and the the he just has not been he's not scored he he plays like sixteen minutes a game and they don't give him the ball <laughs> and he's like not a good shooter at this stage like he's just not confident at all but yeah the guy just moves differently than he I mean he really moves like Paul George did. And he just that is has... high praise. That is very high praise because Paul George is like one of the smoothest athletes in the league. Yeah, uh, he just can't score right now, and so it, it just may not be this year. But I'm still a huge Peyton guy. I just I love him. I love his mentality. He just is like really smart. I just think he'll work out. I just don't. He's definitely not a lottery pick this year. Gotcha. Um, Coloco, like I said, is just kind of another. Coloco is the reason why you don't take Mark Mark Williams at like 20 because you can just get that guy at like 45. It's yeah. Like, 
Mark Williams is probably a little better, but like how much way. better? Yeah, it's that's always the the question. Is there's always well, there's guys around everywhere, man. Yeah, uh, the guy I always use is like Ken Birch has never had a long term deal, and like that guy's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I always liked Ken Birch. I think mostly because I when I built a, a stupid little draft model years ago mm-hmm. he, he popped it's like a really good prospect and uh he's just hung around the league for a really long time and every yep. time i'm like hey he's still in the league i <laughs> what i what i put together wasn't completely wasn't completely wrong because like uh, i don't looking... think he was like a, a huge prospect uh but my no. model thought he was and uh you know he's he's still in the league so <laughs> um looking through the rest of the guys i have listed here um the only other two guys i think i really want to look at for the bulls specifically as like for that first round pick, mm-hmm. I think I think Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, the other Jalen, J A L E N, the yep. Arkansas guy is J A Y L I N, Jalen. Um, yeah, I know. J- very very annoying <laughs> from Santa Clara. Um, it's just really smooth ball handling, like six six guy. He could shoot. He's a really. He's got one of those like. I, he, I don't. I don't think he's like a great creator, but he's just like really, really confident with like his, his touch passes, his, his like dump in passes, his bounce passes through really tight windows. He's just a really fluid passer. He makes some plays on defense. Like he's just a really nice kind of a ball handling wing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, a comp in the NBA. Cause like almost like Walt Williams kind of hmm. the wizard. I don't know. Yeah. He could shoot though, but I don't. He he just looks like he. he I, I think it's because he wears those socks. He wears high socks. He just looks like a <laughs> mid two thousands role player guy to me. I love those guys. Fair, yeah. Francisco Garcia, kind of, I guess, but those guys couldn't shoot. That's the difference. Yeah, like, I mean, a Fran- I, Francisco Garcia that could shoot would be would have had a, a longer career. I think. Yeah, I, I Jalen Williams just ah uh, immediately pops every time I see him. It's just like this guy's an NBA talent. Yeah, um, I think he should come out this year, and I think he'll. I think he may. He feels like the guy who's going to just kick, like just 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 really whoop ass in those five on five things at the combine, mm-hmm. and and he'll test pretty well. And like I just think he's he's just really impressive. He's built pretty well. Um, I mean, if you want a pre-draft guy, Max Maxwell Lewis, because that guy's got wild stock numbers and is a really good shooter for Pepperdine. But I don't think he's a this year guy. And then the other guy, um, I, it's hard to justify as a first round pick, but I'm a, I mean. Vince Williams Jr. is maybe my favorite player in this draft, like just aesthetically. I love Vince Williams. Um, similar player, like ball handler. He's got all. He's got the things I like. He's a super team defender, like just awesome team defensive instincts. Crazy block steal numbers. How and is like, Vince uh, as a um, as a an on ball guy? Is it he's mostly? Great. Okay. No, he's great. He's just really strong. He's mm-hmm. built like a truck. He's he's one of those guys. He's, he's listed six six two ten, and it's like how Batman is listed at two ten. It's like okay, sure. <laughs> he wears a t shirt. I think that makes people think he's not as. He's just huge. Like he's just built like a. He's got really good feet, really powerful body, and he is slowly developed into a shooter. Like he was not a shooter at all his first two years, mm-hmm. and then last year with Bones there, he was he was a higher percentage for three with Bones. Um, this he didn't take seven like seventeen or hundred possessions because you know Bones. But yeah, he's been he's been a uh, he's now a career thirty six percent shooter, seventy seven yeah, I mean, from the line, left handed. So I'm you know I'm a fan of that. Being being that <laughs> uh, being like a thirty six percent shooter for career on like 
pretty significant volume at this point. That's like a, a very good sample yeah. to say this guy can definitely shoot, especially he's, he's a 77% foul shooter. Yeah, like, he's a career. He's a shooter. Four years. And he, he, he's only 21. He's a little young for a – he was like 17 when he went to college. Um, career per 40s of 16.7 points, 7 rebounds, 3.9 assists, and 3.4 stocks on yeah. 43, 43-36-77 shooting. He's a 50% two-point shooter for his career. His defensive his defensive rating is defensive rating, but his defensive rating in his career is under 90, which is... Wow. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> to, to do that for over, again, like over a large sample, like I know yeah. it's like not a be- the best individual stat, but like it's... <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's still like if you're that good at it, uh, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like it's a very noisy stat, but like if you're that dominant, um, in defensive rating, it usually still means something, um, just because it's you're you know, sort of an aggregation of uh, defensive rebounding, uh, blocks and steals, yeah, like then adjusted for your team context. I don't um, use I don't use basketball IQ because I think that, like, I, we've talked about this before, it just it brings in some of the racist connotations of IQ stuff in general, yeah, but. He is on both ends. He is one of the smartest players in the, in the country. Yeah, just knowing Terrific how instincts. to play basketball is, a, I think, yeah. a better way of saying basketball IQ. But yeah, yeah. He, 20, he 20 assist percentage, four block percentage as a 6'6 guy is, is that doesn't happen very often. Almost what's 10 his, BPM. What's his, uh, what's his wingspan like? I used to know it because I wrote a thing about him like three years ago when I was looking at him as like a really interesting returning guy. Uh-huh. And his dad actually retweeted it, but that I I'd have to look that up. Well, wow, I think so it's, I think it's on, seven foot. Oh, I would be a big Vince Williams. You've been fan. on Vince Williams, uh, uh, Vince Williams Junior Island for six eleven a long time. Yeah, I have yeah. it six eleven. So, yeah, that's that's legit. Uh, that, you know, for for an NBA wing, you want to be around seven feet. So six eleven, that's 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 quite good. Um, yeah, I I'm mean, just a, I'm a huge Vince Williams fan. I would absolutely take him at 25 because I think he's just immediately ready to be an NBA wing right now. Um, but and he the won't Bulls could he... certainly use one of those. <laughs> yeah, um, can always use more because like the Bulls. The Bulls thing is that they they like play they play a lot of uh, guards as wings because yeah. they don't have enough wings and like you know that's mostly worked this year. But like having real wing sized guys, uh, I may actually would be I, nice. I may I may at some point. Uh, go like, do a full breakdown of his like per minute stuff with uh ucla kyle anderson because that's a guy he kind of plays like oh interesting he's just a little smaller and i think he's i don't think he has like the weird freakish hands like kyle anderson has but like he's a better athlete because he's not because <laughs> his nickname is not slow-mo <laughs> but he has that same kind of like he's such a good ball handler mm-hmm. this game they, they played st louis the other day and he got he got stuck he got stonewalled on a drive and just did like a, a pitter-patter of his feet and then did like a two step back. He went through his legs. He went through a right, left, and a left, right between his legs into a step back three and hit it. And it's like, wow. that's just weird. Like, it doesn't, people don't do that. Um, I'm also, I, I like Jalen Slauson a lot. Like, he's, there's a little bit of concern with the small conference guy, but that guy's got wild numbers and he's an awesome athlete. Um, he may go back, though. He's a junior. Jalen Slauson from Furman. Furman, yeah. <laughs> Who sadly did not make the tournament. So it's not, they lost their. They were the team that lost that uh, their conference tournament on that like forty foot triple team pull up three that guy hit. So they <laughs> lost the title game. The other day. A, what a horrible way to get knocked out of the tournament! Yeah, awful way. Um, those are like the guys. I mean, Hyun uh, Jin Lee, I'd be interested in too. He may be more of a second round guy though, because he his I mean his big problem is he's just he's not a NBA athlete. He's yeah. really slow foot. He's slow footed and he can't jump, which is 
He's a very smart player too, though, and he's an awesome shooter. Um, awesome stance, but his problem is like he's got three unassisted. I think he's got for his career, he's got like ten unassisted made threes for a yeah, guy who shoots there's... a lot. But, which is fine. Those guys can still like. That was the problem with like a, like a Corey Kispert guy last year was he couldn't create his own threes and he had a lot. He had a lot more makes than that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, stance still three point shooting is still extremely valuable. Look at Cam Johnson, but like Cam Johnson's also a good athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to be an NBA player if you're not a good athlete and you're also uh, a really dependent, you know, that's like basically like being a perimeter play finisher and like, you know, you yeah. need those yeah. guys, but I realistically, you want them to also be able to play defense. And if you're not an NBA athlete, it's very difficult to play defense. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, you want to look at a guy like the struggles that Doug McDermott has had. Doug McDermott was creating a lot of threes on his own in college. Yeah. I mean, McDermott is, uh, he's Doug is, not a plus NBA athlete, but he still like meets the threshold, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if, um, Hyun Jun is just not, doesn't, but I still like him a lot. Like he seems like a wonderful guy. I just want there to be more Korean basketball players too. They have such a good, they have such a strong developmental program. They just don't really have the, either they haven't found, I, I'm sure they have the talent. Like, yeah, it's not getting the eugenics here. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I, I just, I just don't, I just like, don't think, I don't think the guys that like they have found the guys yet. Yeah, I mean, their women's, takes, team, their women's teams are good. Their women's teams are pretty good. So yeah, it it takes. I think it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, to, to to for a, the sport to become popular enough that like the best athletes all start playing that sport. Like yeah. I don't know what like the Korean national pastime is as far as sports go, but uh, I don't I think mean, it's I'm basketball at this point. I'm assuming it's soccer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's Starcraft. Some... <laughs> hey, that's a, that's an old joke. <laughs> Honestly, no. There's probably a lot of combat sports stuff in, in South Korea. I'd have to ask my, my my brother lived there for two years training jiu jitsu. Yeah. So yeah, um, and they yeah. play baseball. They play baseball. I'm, I'm glad that we talked about uh, Hyun Jun because uh, a friend of the program, uh, Stefan No, was was uh, talking to to me in a DM uh, a while ago, saying that he was hopeful that he would end up being uh, being able to make it in the league because you know he wants he to career. really shoot. Like he's just got terrific touch, got great arc. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the idea is that he could Duncan Robinson. He's just not a Duncan Robinson athlete. Like Duncan yeah. Robinson was a Which is crazy athlete. to say because, like, Duncan's not an amazing athlete, but he's pretty fast for how yeah. tall he is. Yeah. It's just, it's it's an uphill climb for that guy, but I, I hope he makes it. And he's a perfect, like, a, absolutely a guy I would undraft a free agent. Maybe a good comp is, um, I don't know if people know who this is, Jordan Shackle, who just signed a two way with Washington. It's very similar. Guy went to San Diego State for a few years and is a similar, like, I mean, Jordan Shackle was always a guy who popped up. He was like a 47 94 shooter. Yeah. Like, the great shooter, just he's not an NBA athlete. Yeah. <clears throat> but he's, he's had a good year in the G League, and it's just kind of like the Wizards had kind of have no choice but to give him a two way, like, give him a shot. <laughs> Same yeah. size, like 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, so that's well, kind of that's kind of the, that's kind of the threshold that Lee that Hyunjin Lee is at. And I at the very is. least, I think that Lee will will probably have a, a nice international career if he oh, doesn't yeah. end up making the league. Um, he was so. a dominant. He was a dominant like youth player for them. Yeah. Um. So are there we've I think we've kind of hit most of the guys that you wanted to hit for. Uh, yeah. Chatting about the Bulls, is there anybody else that you want people to to watch for during? Uh, well, you know, conference tournaments and yeah. So uh, the thing is, I want to. There's a bunch of guys who aren't going to be in the like Bryce McGowan's will not be in the NCAA tournament. Nebraska's awful, so I really want to go like the Duke guys. I think people have seen, although I, I still anyone at this point, like I think it's fine to not to think there is like a top for me. It's a top five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think it's fine to have AJ Griffin at five. Like I don't, I'm not against that idea, but any idea that AJ Griffin is not like some a high level prospect, especially in the draft that doesn't have like an, it's interesting because there will be a guy. Like in three years, there will be a guy. Yeah, we just don't know who which one it is yet. Yeah, it's just not obvious which which one of the the main, really the main five that it is. I really um, like it. I really like AJ. I mean, some of his like functional athleticism that I usually measure like via you know, uh, steel rates and things like that. Given how good an athlete, you know, he obviously is when you look at him um, and watch him like his, the fact that he doesn't sort of dominate in those categories is a a little bit of a red flag. He also, it's just, he doesn't, they they just have him stand around. Yeah. But I do think, I I really think that um, like, maybe this is a hot take. I think that I would probably bet on, uh, if you gave me like decent odds on it, uh, even if you gave me even odds, I think I would take uh, AJ as having probably having a better car- uh, NBA career than Paolo. Um, maybe that's I'm a hot take. That. I'm fine. Uh, with, I, I like Paolo a lot, but Paolo, I like Paolo a lot. But. Yeah, I just there's there. I feel like there are not that many paths where I see AJ not at least being like a solid NBA player, and there are paths to me where uh, Paolo is kind of like an empty stats guy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think empty stats, like, I think some of the, that is a little, um, overstated a, yeah. a lot of the time. Um, cause we've just seen so many guys that were considered empty stats guys, like get better teammates and lo and behold, like, <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're all of a sudden they actually look good. Um, Kevin uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that there's, you know, th- there's some of that where I, I think with Paolo, I could see a situation where he becomes a guy that I like, think, I think what you're getting at, I think it's a scalability question. Cause I yeah, think yeah, it's, exactly. it's possible. Paulo is not, is like an okay secondary option. Whereas mm-hmm. AJ Griffin right now, I think would be an excellent fifth starter for basically any NBA team. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no that, team on earth that cannot use his skill set. Whereas Paulo, I think is going because of how he's going to be drafted. I think he's going to have to be built into the offense. And if that goes, if he goes to a team like Detroit, I think he'll be very effective because they need, yeah. They need uh, as many pick and roll guys, as many just pick and read threats for Cade to work with because it's really, it's really funny. Like I know we've we've had discussions about Cade before. I don't know if you've watched them at all. It's they've been really good lately. It's hilarious how much better he looks now that he has a center who can catch a catch and dunk. <laughs> <laughs> it it uh, well yeah I mean that that has been uh, the big revelation is that uh, if you just make Marvin Bagley a play finisher he he's he can still do that uh, and uh, if you give Cade one of those guys he he looks better. Um, I I still have questions about Cade's ability to be like uh, you know top 10 in terms of uh lead ball handlers in the league um and like if he's not that i i wonder about the value at number one i mean i yeah i mean i think i think it's fair to say that mobley might go number one if you were redoing that i know yeah i I I, I think i yeah i think i would definitely take mobley in a redraft like pretty pretty unquestionably at this point but um just because he's he's just such a better athlete like um i i know cade uh, is very smart and finds ways around that. Uh, but Mobley is just like a special, special athlete um, in terms of like his movement, uh, movement skills and uh, agility and fluidity. Like he's just, that guy is, he, he's something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, the, the, the Pistons have been uh, 
quite good the last 10 games or so and uh the bulls have them coming up next actually and uh if they don't get their if they don't get their shit together they're gonna lose so hopefully they do that would be pretty bad i I will say the thing with Cade is um there's no doubt in my mind that he will be a top 30 player because he will physically not allow that to happen (laughs) yeah yeah i I mean i I think that that's probably that's probably fair i i think that like um i think i saw some people say like uh that were i think at the time, maybe on the Cade skeptic side, uh, said that like, is he going to be better than Gordon Hayward? Uh, and like, Gordon was like at his peak, probably about a top thirty player. So um, I think that that's that's that seems right to me, just because I think for his role in the league, he is uh, not a plus athlete, and I just think that like his brain is really good, uh, but it has to be like insanely good to to overcome that to to get to like a top 15 level and i i have questions about that but i you know he's been great like recently um and really since he got his um got his body right after returning from that ankle injury that he had uh you know he's he's been much better he started making jump shots too which helps (laughs) i mean he's always had that i don't know well, I he wasn't like, making them earlier in the season. I, he's he's had the jump shot, like obviously since like college or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like he like to start the year, he was just like on an insane cold streak, and I think that that caused uh, you know a lot of panic uh, for some people. Yeah. But, anyways, I, I just don't think I think people are do not let uh, Meisterchevsky's lack of imagination turn you off of AJ Griffin because. Um, if he's given the chance to do stuff with the ball, he is just really electric. He's yeah. just, I, I, what did he finish at? It's like a forty-eight percent three-point shooter as a fresh, as an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, that's insane. Forty-eight <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. What percentage of those were assisted? Uh, he has ten unassisted makes. So okay, so most of them were probably so. Assisted. Yeah, fifty forty-eight out of fifty-eight were assisted. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's to just to be that knockdown of a shooter. I mean, fifty-eight attempts is not like uh, a huge sample, but fifty-eight um, makes. These are makes. Oh, fifty-eight makes. Wow. Okay, so that's that's a little different. If if you're saying so, he like shot like uh, over a hundred of them. That's a yeah. decent enough sample. Like, yeah. That that's pretty legit. Yeah. yeah I just think that I, I really the, the to go back to the thing I was saying about him versus Paolo is like I think that Paolo there's a chance that he, like. He's not an initiator because like he's a big man, uh, but like I think that there's some like wrong initiator stuff with Paolo maybe where like if you're giving like for Paolo to be most effective, I feel like he needs shots, and I think there's yeah. a chance that if you're giving Paolo a lot of shots, that your team's gonna suck, um, and that whereas I think that like uh, AJ doesn't need shots to be effective, and that's a much uh, to, to the point you were saying about it being like, AJ well, doesn't need possessions to be effective. Yeah, he he. Yeah, he doesn't need to have the ball. Like he can finish plays with his jump shot. Um, obviously, he's shooting really well, and so you you can just there's more. And, and what's that going to look like in five years if he like? Yeah. When he yeah, is... he's still very young too. Like he's one of the younger guys, um, hmm. and missed development time with injury and you know and COVID uh, and COVID. Yeah, he like played again. Just... I've said this before. He played in New York, and they did yeah. not play back high school high school basketball for like an entire year. Yeah, so I just think that yeah, I I would just uh, I think I because of the lack of certainty at the top of the draft, I think I think I might have AJ like maybe two, 
Um, like, I think it might be for me, it might be Jabari, AJ, uh, then. There's then no Ch- order of those first five guys that I'm really going to disagree with. Yeah. I just, I just think. I guess like, if somebody had Chet at five, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am like maybe the more foremost, uh, chat skeptic, uh, on, on the internet. Uh, and even I, I think would have to have him at least four. Um, and probably realistically with some of the questions I have about Paolo, uh, I think I would probably still put him three. It's like, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm a skeptic, but like also, uh, the production is so good. Uh, and like, he does have an insane skill level and is very, very big. Uh, well he's tall, <laughs> not big, but like he's tall and he's long, uh, and super productive. So, you know, I think that my questions about his ability to, to hold up to NBA physicality. Uh, I think those are real, but um, yeah. I think, you know, with a draft that's not uh, obvious at the top, you know, I think you still swing at, at that guy pretty high um, because there's not really better options, I guess. Uh, let me go through more like top seed teams here. We talked about those guys. We talked about, uh... oh, I didn't realize there's another one you missed there. Hold on. Oh, I missed somebody else. Oh no! No, I, I didn't realize we had Bryce McGowan in the Big Twelve because it's not because they're in the Big Ten for some reason. <laughs> oh, Nebraska's in the Big Ten now. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. They're terrible. Okay. Um, All right. That's that's weird. We oh, about Keegan what, Murray. What, yeah, I was gonna say one other guy. He's he's probably he's definitely not a prospect for the Bulls and might not even get drafted. But I like him because uh, I think he's fun. Uh, David Roddy is cool and yeah. uh, and strong and my friend. <laughs> My only real concern with him is that um, I just I'm I'm always it's I actually call this I literally I refer to this as the Chandler Hutchinson rule. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just never I'm gonna be a skeptic of anyone who just turns into like an elite three point shooter as like a 22 year old. Yeah, I mean I think that's fair. Uh, with Roddy though, I think he's like shooting well across the board. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was. He does uh, he does like interest like he's a fun passer and stuff. Like I, I think that that's a guy who looks like an NBA. Like a, like a bench player to me. I just don't, I, I'm not going to spend a first round pick on him. I don't think. Yeah, no, I'm not saying necessarily as a first round guy, but like as a guy that, uh, if he was like undrafted or if the bulls could like yeah. grab a, a second round pick and, and take him in the second round. Well, they I can't. Would, yeah. The, yeah. If they get one, it gets taken away. So that that's annoying. But, um, but yeah, he, he, he somebody's, I think somebody's going to get him and that he, he'll be, I wonder good. if they could just buy two of them. <laughs> <laughs> they would get they would get the second one, right? Yeah, that would whatever the whatever the the worst of the two that they bought. They, but that would require our ownership to spend money, and I just yeah, you know, I'm I'm not betting on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was gonna say about Roddy, like, uh, so he's um, a career seventy five percent foul shooter. Yeah, that and, helps. and this year he's shooting fifty like over fifty percent on long twos, and only twenty two percent of those are assisted. So. That plus the the three point shooting sample, uh, I think, makes me feel pretty good about about his jumper. Um, and also, he's just a bowling ball, uh, and like that, he's like six five and like just post dudes up and dunks on them. Which yeah. is another guy. I'm definitely if if he's an undrafted guy, just even just for the the fun of it, uh, Ron Harper Jr. Very similar ah, there. 
<laughs> yes. The biggest yes. man on earth, Ron Harper Jr. <laughs> and also, you know, uh, the world's get, largest getting... love machine, Ron Harper they Jr. Should just, they, yeah, they should just uh, sign Scotty Pippen Jr. and Ron Harper Jr. as uh, and, uh, and DJ Rodman. Page. Do it. <laughs> just get them all uh, and get, go full uh, last dance nostalgia uh, with, the, with the end of the bench. I, I, I'm for that. I, I, one of those guys would probably stick. Probably Scotty. Um, Ron Harper Jr. is a, it's a joyous basketball. He plays with joy in his heart. He's <laughs> again, he's like six six. He's like, he's a guy listed two forty five. That guy is like two seventy. Huge. Mm. He's not really like fat. He's just big. He's just a big person. Like he's not obese. Oh, speaking of uh, big big bowling ball guys, is is uh, Kenneth Lofton? Is he going to come out? Or, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I, he's been pretty productive wherever he's gone. He was really good in the FIBA thing. Yeah, he, I mean that's where I saw him first. He was yeah. he was great in that. He was so much fun. Uh, and that is proven. It, that is proven to translate because, like, uh, Johnny Davis was like a extra. He was like not even like a. I think he made the team because he played good defense. And he was like he was a good freshman. He was a, you know definitely a guy who was on people's lists. He was earmarked, mm-hmm. but he was not like a lead star player on that team. And he's been awesome. That whole team was. Uh, Jade Nivey is really taken left, taking a big leap. Let me look up the whole team. Go ahead and talk about uh. Kind of, yeah. kind of lofted people who may not be not really oh. Kenny Lofton. The uh... yeah, weirdly he's he's Kenneth Lofton Jr. but not uh, Kenny Lofton, the baseball player's son. Uh, he's just. It makes uh, sense if you see how he looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He does not look like uh, Kenny Lofton at all. Uh, he is uh, an undersized power forward uh, who is you know a, a post up uh, bowling ball and has incredibly soft touch around the basket um, and just. Uh, pretty smart player i think uh i i really i mean i hope that he he sticks in the league and that he finds a role i i don't know if he will just because he's he's kind of an anachronism but yeah uh he's very fun could have been could, could be as many as eight first round picks on that FIBA U 19 team if some guys stay out or guys like mike miles gets like a, i don't I mean i don't think he will but peyton watson was on that team kenneth lofton like i said Jaden ivy harrison ingram chad Holmgren, patrick Baldwin jr who i still think might go in the first round despite having just a absolute disastrous season kennedy chandler and jonathan davis and then also uh uh the big east defensive player of the year ryan kalkbrenner was a guy who didn't play much as a freshman went there came back and dominated so it's it's just it's a really it's a strong barometer yeah they're the scouts uh that that pick the guys uh for that team seem to be very good at their jobs caleb first fort wayne indiana's own was been has been a solid backup big for for a good for a good purdue team um and you know, just uh, just in case people, because I, I I'm seeing it sometimes because this player is not he's been oh he has not been particularly efficient playing in the Euroleague, but just in case you want to know, uh, these guys were all good players, and when they played Victor Wembanyama, it was like they didn't exist. So, <laughs> like Chet Chet is one of the best, one of the better, like just per minute, one of the better freshmen in recent NBA basketball college basketball history. And after he played Chet, he looked like he got, he was he was so down. He Chet destroyed him or check got destroyed by Wemby Yama who is two and a half years younger than him. Anyways. Yeah. Wemby is, uh, he's bigger than Chet, right? Like in terms of his height, yes. but he, he's, and he's, uh, I think he's more muscular. Oh, um, Zach Eady is also, he was on the, the Canadian team. Yeah. He dominated. There's a photo. I've shown this to several people. There's a photo of the, the, cause the, uh, the, the top, the elite five, whatever they do, like the the all the all tournament team for that was Wembenyama, Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, and Nikola Jovic, who was really good in that tournament too. Um, 
who I think is also probably going to be a lottery player because he's he's been he's been really rounding into shape from what I've seen. But anyways, there's a photo of those five guys five guys standing there. Chet is listed at seven one. Wemby is listed at seven two. Edie is listed at seven four. Uh, Weminyama is the tallest of the three of them. Wow. <laughs> I think it's more that Edie is actually seven three, but I yeah. think Weminyama is seven three point five. That's that's wild. Uh, yeah, Wemby and he, is, take, he uh, takes pull, he takes like, pull up threes, throws full court bounce passes. Is probably the best shot blocking prospect any of us have ever seen. You th- so is he? Is he? Uh, he's better at uh, shot blocking than than say like Gobert or uh, like. It's certainly not Anthony, worse than Gobert. Than yeah, Anthony that's Davis. It, the only reason I said probably is because I remember college Anthony Davis, but like this guy. Yeah, yeah. College Anthony Davis was <laughs> uh, was a freak. Um, His instincts for shot blocking are insane. Yeah. Yeah, Wemby well, is, is the best prospect alive. He's the best prospect of, of the last decade, and that includes Luka Doncic and Zion. Because like, the idea of him, like, what he could be is, what if Giannis <laughs> took four threes? What if Giannis was uh, seven three and a half and <laughs> and, and played like Kevin threes. Durant? Played yeah. like Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's a that's a scary, scary prospect. Like it's 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 silly. People, you get this asked all the time. It's really hard. Like you really can't. It's my guy. Like I might say Blake Wesley has like a top ten, top five, top ten potential in this class, but like you don't really know that. Mm-hmm. So like it's silly, but just the idea of what Wembenyama could be when he fully matures is like, oh, he'll destroy, like he'll break the sport. Yeah. So. Um, well, that, that's something to look forward to. Uh, I, I one of the things that I, I will say. Uh, about uh Wemby and um and I think like maybe this this argues against my chap's skepticism and uh it's just that like more and more we're just seeing like the league is increasingly just dominated by guys that are super uh super tall um and incredibly skilled like uh Giannis and Giannis can't really shoot but like he's getting better at that but like he to be able to dribble the way that he can at that size yeah. is insane uh Jokic is maybe the most skilled basketball player uh I've ever seen um like he's just like the his his hand-eye coordination and precision with uh everything from floaters to uh like the windows that he can fit passes into the things he can see like is just uh absolutely freakish mm-hmm. um and you know uh and then you know you have Joel Embiid who is uh 72 and uh has like the complete like uh Kobe package in terms yeah. of uh like footwork and uh just scoring skill set uh and i just think that you're going to continue to see more and more uh the trend in that direction of just like you know oh it's not enough to just be incredibly skilled and be like six six two six three six four six five like you have to be that skilled and also be uh seven feet tall to dominate um and uh so yeah i mean maybe that's the thing that argues uh, against any of my chat skepticism because he's huge uh i mean obviously not very thick uh he's like he is a seven footer though like he's not yeah. he's not a six eleven guy he's a seven footer yeah no i mean he's the the thing that's chat that I think that is my biggest fear with him is that he is about the same height as Bol Bol, uh, and he's like ten or twelve pounds lighter than Bol Bol was at the combine, which is like Bol is yeah, Bol, so Bol skinny. Is, Bol, I mean, Bol's problem is mentality entirely. Yeah, that's he true. Does not like basketball very much, and he's just not like people don't like him. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, but I think, though, that, like, so uh, one thing I will say about Bull is that, like, if he was more talented, uh, if he was better, I think that people would deal with him being uh, yeah, yeah. an enormous asshole. And he's just not good enough to, to get away with being an asshole like he is. He can't. He just can't deal with physicality at all. And, like, Chet. Yeah. The thing with Chet that it gives me a lot of hope is that he, he likes contact. He likes hitting people. He yes. looks he looks he does not shy away from it. He's got a lot of tough finishes. Yeah. I think the the one thing with uh Chet too that I saw, I think you you retweeted it. Um was uh, it must I think it was against U- USF the these drop step spin move in the lane that he had the other day where yeah. he like I was like, "Oh, all right. That that's the kind of like thing that like kind of makes me see the vision." I just uh I don't know the 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 idea that he's going to be able to put on twenty pounds. I'm just very skeptical of, yeah, uh, because he's twenty years old already, and uh, it's not like he he doesn't have the situation like Giannis where he was coming from you know pretty abject poverty and just didn't have access to calories. Yeah, he's been like big programs for a few years now. Yeah, Team so, USA Minnehaha is like an academy. Like they have they have resources. Gonzaga's got like pretty yeah. great. And presumably he's known that he needs to to gain weight, and it just seems like he he can't do it. So, um, but maybe it doesn't matter. Like, uh, I think the the push the right pushback to my skepticism is like, what prospect you know, what high level prospect has ever failed because they were too thin? I and I don't know offhand who who that guy is, but yeah. you're also Stop talking, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was a high level prospect, turns out. Yeah. Um, um. So I don't know. Yeah. But, 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 like, your point, like, the question is, like, do you think, to, like, can you project Chet to be, like, an elite superstar player? Because how many, uh, there is one of the top well, 20 players in the league right now, there's one guy who's not, like, outlier strong for his size, and that yeah. happens to be the best shooter that's ever lived. Yes. So. And and also, uh, I mean, uh, and not he's for nothing, but, strong. yeah, Steph is, like, very strong actually like he's, he's just not he's like not, an out- he's not uh, yeah he's not like an outlier he's not a fire hydrant like cp3 but steph is like underratedly strong i think yeah. um and yeah i mean i think that's the that's a, a and i think you talked about this when you were on uh chuck's podcast chucking darts uh about like the importance of of strength um to to be a a really elite level player um in the nba and yeah i mean you you have to be so insanely skilled to overcome that um and steph is and even still steph i think is probably at least he's worked very hard to become yeah stronger player yeah i mean when he came in uh he was you know quite quite scrawny but um even still i think that he was probably had more muscle mass than chet the thing is i don't know okay Kyrie is not like physically strong but Kyrie's like ligaments are able to withstand the stuff he does I think Kyrie has incredible core strength. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because to be able to twist and, uh, and turn like he does, um, and to, to, and Dur- sort of... Durant, I count Durant, like Durant is very strong. Yeah. Especially for, for his, his build, for his He's crazy strong. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe, maybe Chet is stronger than I give him credit for just because he doesn't, um, I, he's, I, he doesn't really fall over very much. Yeah. Uh, that is one thing. thing. Like he does take contact and like he doesn't like. He's great balance. He has very good balance and very good. Yeah, game. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there. Maybe there's. Maybe he has like good core strength. Uh, for considering how skinny he is, because he does take guys into his body and like not get 
completely blown away by them. He's still um, able to block. He, he he lets people hit him in the chest, and he just blocks their shot anyway, which is a uh, which is good. Yeah, I just wonder like th- that particular strategy. I wonder how that's going to work against guys that are a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and that are coming think, at him with more speed. I think um, what it means is that Chet is not like Chet is a is a help a help side blocker, shot blocker. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I mean, that's that's to me going to be the the thing. Is like, um, so obviously any team that drafts him is going to be a bad team because he's going at the top of the draft, yeah. like somewhere in the top three probably. Uh, but like when it comes to, you know, Chet's playoff value, like, are you going to have to hide him in terms of like one-on-one stuff? Cause like, that's one of the things with guys that whose primary offensive or, or defensive value is that they are, I think it depends on if you're, you're playing him, you're playing him at center or not. It can, I mean, I don't think you can play him at center, uh, against NBA centers, like, not 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 against good NBA centers, which is what you're going to be dealing with in the playoffs, and that, so that's I mean I think that's my biggest question with him is like because you know there's a lot of guys that are good uh, good regular season defenders because they're really good at help. Uh, like I think that Robert Covington is like a, a good example of this, and very different players obviously, but like Robert Covington's big value uh, on defense has always been like. Uh, you know that he's very smart. He's good at all the like little things. That's why but... PJ Tucker has been a more successful defender in the playoffs than him because PJ Tucker is just a truck. Yeah, <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a tree stump. He cannot. Yeah. Be he's a he. He's like Chris Paul. He's like a he's a fire hydrant. He's just yeah. a bigger one than Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, That's why I kind of think I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping. I think it's weird because I think Paulo is also a good fit, but I think Detroit Chad to Detroit. I feel like is like. The ideal fit for both of them because I think a a it's another guy who can catch a lob because he's an excellent lob finisher. But like, um, yeah, I mean he's got he's got pterodactyl arms and he's uh, he's seven foot tall, so he's got a very good catch radius. I I just like I really really like um, like I I just don't know what like you know if they play like the Sixers in the playoffs they'll be screwed anyways. But like I think the idea with a team like that is that you would. Cause like everyone else, they they start is like a is like a just like super thick strong guy. Like Killian, yeah. Killian is Killian can guard up. Killian's defense is awesome. He's playing a lot better too, by the way, with Marvin Bagley around. Yeah, it turns out that uh, point guards need play finishers. Actually, yeah. <laughs> play finishers who aren't Isaiah Stewart. Who just, yeah, like I, I the guy plays hard. He just can't jump. Like, yeah, he can't yeah, jump, he's... and he's like six seven. It's just tough. Yeah, he's um, yeah. I I I don't dislike uh, Isaiah Stewart just because I I respect any man that is that is uh, <laughs> so out of his uh, out of his mind that he's willing to uh, throw off his entire team to try to chase LeBron James. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like th- that level of uh, you made me bleed my own blood. Uh, you know, I, I I'm gonna have a I mean, certain Isaiah, level of respect Stewart, for that. Isaiah Stewart is is gonna go he's gonna be even if he just ends up being a backup center for the rest of his career he's gonna be a useful guy for me because he um like he uh he's just he's just a great example of why wiseman was not a good bet because he just killed him so maybe people our age or older will remember when dewan blair just like threw a seam to beat around like a child <laughs> uh, isaiah stewart and oscar Sheway both did that to wiseman in, in uybl it was ugly yeah, it's, this is it the remains... session where Wiseman had a fifty-two true shooting as a as a as a 
post score, which is yeah. horrific. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it remains uh, baffling that uh, Wiseman was that the Warriors took him n- number two. Well, the weird thing is, it's just almost kind of what you're getting at too with Chet is. Like, cause I, I definitely had this the first few times I saw him. You just, you see him and you're like, no, come on. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is frame. And Wiseman is the opposite, but you see Wiseman and you're like, look at this guy. Holy shit. He looks the part. Yeah. And I still, yeah. like, I, I, I still like, I'm not like, I think Wiseman could be a, a decent starting NBA center. It's just, he was, should not have been the second pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, every time I watch the Warriors, I'm like, man, if they had the mellow, like they would be, they would be not even the mellow if they had Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, LaMelo was right there. I, I mean, I know that, like, I don't know, Steve Kerr, like, didn't, doesn't get along with, uh, or had, like, some issues with uh, with LaVar, but, like, you know, LaVar has And there been, is some question, like, I, I, I am... Quiet for a while. I do feel like Charlotte... I think they, they, they may be some issues, like, there may be some, like, question if LaMelo really is the guy you could build a whole team around, with just, like, his mentality, the way he plays... Mm-hmm. But they're also like a year and a half into the experiment, and like, yeah. But they, also, the team wouldn't be still... built around Lamelo if if he was yeah. on the Warriors. He would just well, be like gap filling. Yeah, I don't know if he would like that. Shots. I don't know if he would like that. Like, this well, is what not. he wants specifically. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's true. He, but he very much still... he very much wants to be. I, I don't think he would mind being the number one guy on a thirty-two win team. <laughs> I think he wants that. That's just kind of what he is. Like, that's the big difference between him and Lonzo. Lonzo did not want that. No, uh, yeah, Lonzo seems very competitive, um, and, and uh, Lonzo long... wants to be where he is right now. This is what he's wanted for a while. Is to be yeah. Like well, guy. yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason that the Bulls got yeah. <laughs> got in trouble for tampering because I I wonder how much of that like was uh, Clutch reaching out to the Bulls and being like, hey, uh, well, what do you think yeah. about this? Because I I think that they that, that was a, there was a lot of mutual interest there for a long time, uh, but I I definitely don't think that the tampering went <laughs> one way necessarily. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like yeah, to your point, I mean, if they had taken Tyrese, that that's like a, a hand and glove fit. Like he would be so so good for that team. Um, really, like many of the guys that <laughs> went after Wiseman uh, in that lottery would have been better than, than him yep. uh, just because he does not appear to like ready to play NBA minutes, let alone like high leverage playoff minutes. So um, yeah, he's very much a project and they don't really have time for that. Nope. This is why you don't, I don't know. It's just free. free uh, I mean, the guy played five games in college and three of them were against, you know, bumfuck state. Yeah, he wasn't particularly good in college. Like he, 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 he produced. Like he had like a bunch of teams, like a couple twenty ten games, but they were against teams that were playing six six guys. Yeah, but even though, I feel like I, if I remember correctly, his like efficiency stuff even then wasn't very no, good because no. even though he wasn't playing against like high level competition, he was he just. I'm just what, glad like, the Warriors didn't get the guy. I was afraid they would get who was Congo. I was very afraid yeah. they would get a Congo. God, uh, he's another one. Con- like setting aside Halliburton, if they really wanted a center, if they had gotten a Kongu, they would they'd be set. Like he, a Kongu learning from Draymond would be he'd be their uh, starter right now. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe they maybe they still give Looney the spot start because they love him, and you know Looney is Looney is effective. Looney yeah, he's is a, a good player, a, a good goon. Yes, Looney is very good at, at what he does. But uh, uh, maybe you know maybe you could have taken uh, the fourth best player in that draft, Tyrese Maxey, like I thought at the time. Yeah, I thought you. I think you. I think at, at least at one point you had Maxi third on your board. Yes. Um, 
that, that I should have I should have moved Ant above him. Like I, I got too much into the into Georgia being awful. <laughs> but Ant like Ant is Ant's awesome. He's very yeah. good. Well, I mean, I think there were real questions about mentality with Ant because he like seemingly didn't know uh, what a good shot was. Um, but I guess a lot of that. But that's just Ant being Ant. That, yeah, it just it just turns out he's just the coolest. He's just, he's, just, <laughs> he's too cool. His coolness yeah. was, really broke people's uh, draft perceptions. I love yeah. him. I love Ant. Ant's awesome. Yeah, he's he, he rocks. Uh, like, I, I don't like. I I think I think Lamelo is. A, considerably like better high like more high level player but i'm not gonna get mad at any wolves fan for having like who is happy they got that guy instead of Lamelo because he, he's cool and he's yeah. awesome he, he's like it's just an awesome tour yeah i think also just like uh i think it can't be discounted the the positive impact that ant has had on cat just in terms of like yeah giving him like he gives him a little bit of the Jimmy Butler thing of like calling him out on his bullshit, but like without being Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler level, yeah. <laughs> like about it. Uh, like he he does it with love in his heart, whereas like Jimmy yeah. was like, "No, nah, fuck this kid. I can't, I can't win with this loser." Whereas like Ant is like, "No, like you are better than you are acting, and uh, you know, let's go." Uh, and so yeah, I mean, I, I think that that bump that I, I could see if I was a Wolf fan. Um, and even, you know, I'm not a Wilson and I'm making this argument, but I, I could see saying like, you know, we don't get this version of cat, uh, if, if we have LaMelo instead, cause then yeah. like with LaMelo, maybe he's like, you know, there's more of a, an issue about, uh, touches or, or yeah, whatever. Maybe, they, maybe they've already traded cat. Yeah. Um, which doesn't seem like they're going to do now. And I'm glad I'm happy for, for everyone involved. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can they can hang on to their play uh, their playoff spot in the play in. Uh, I think cause... they. I think they, I don't. Know, I feel like they will. They they've been pretty consistent this year. Yeah. You know, you know what helps? Uh, that uh, the Lakers are terrible. Well, no, it also helps is having uh, future future Chicago Bull Jerry Vanderbilt. <laughs> who I never yeah. gave up on for a second, and it, who is just awesome. God, yeah, he's. Well, I think the 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 way that the the Wolves have had to sort of protect. Um, Cat is, you know, similar to what the Bulls are doing with, uh, with Vooch in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, like you have to have, um, you know, some some wings and some guards that can, that can I'm defend a- at the point of attack. I'm honestly embarrassed to say what I would trade for Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, it's not Patrick Williams, but it's not not much less than that. Kobe, you, you're trading I'm Kobe gone for. Bye. <laughs> Kobe and I mean, what else do we even really have to trade that we? I would have traded would Kobe both those both those contracts and whatever picks they could. <laughs> that's that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily wrong though. Jared Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt is very good, uh, and I think did didn't he sign an extension this, yeah. this summer? Yeah, so, like, I was depressed. <laughs> I was on, I was for like forty five minutes, I was in a bad mood because I'm <laughs> bad man. God, he would be the perfect guy with this team. Yeah, he would fit really well. Um, he's just hopefully... like big, big Javante. Yes, which is really what they need because Javante has been excellent for them. But like, there are certain matchups where he's just too small. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, realistically, you would like Javante to be a more consistent shooter. But like, if he was a more consistent shooter, they wouldn't have got him as a throw-in in the yeah. <laughs> in the trade that they uh, like. He would have been much more valued than that. Um, um... But. Okay, I we we moved on. There's not really the top of the draft guys. We talked about Tari Keegan Keegan. I didn't really talk about Jabari. Jabari's weird because I still am a big fan, and he's been he's had a great run the last couple of weeks. But I feel like he's kind of like, I mean, the conventional wisdom. I think people. This is something I want people to take away from this. Scouting is we're ninety five percent done. 
with Scott yeah. and stuff. Like the, the tournament just not if the tournament mattered that much, Johnny Juzang would have been a top ten pick. Like <laughs> And that yeah. guy like that guy he's still got a shot in the NBA because he's six six and can really create his own shot off jumper. He just is not a good athlete and can't play defense at all. But yeah. like I uh, think teams have gotten much smarter about like not over indexing on the yeah. tournament. Yeah. Uh, not, like people used to really over index on the tournament. Uh and you know, sometimes that was okay because, like, you would occasionally uh, Dwayne Wade would go on a crazy run for Marquette and yeah. become a top five pick, and th- hey, that worked out okay. But most of the time, that was a that was a bad idea. But um, Jabari has not; he just hasn't done anything new for like two months. And like, uh, but like the stuff he does is so obviously valuable in the NBA that like he's going to be a top three pick. Um, yeah. The thing is, he just like. I, his only, inability to get to the rim is a little bit uh, well, the, the worrying for Jabari, his star prospects. I think he may be the guy most hurt by that. When it, by that college, like he, it's a three prong thing. Like college teams can just sit in the paint, mm-hmm. so like he just can't. He physically can't get through. Also, his guards. He doesn't have a point guard. He has three, three, two, three combo guards. That's all their guards. They all love taking pull ups. <laughs> and like, they're just like my turn to shoot now and like they're good players and they're effective but like he just does not no one creates shots for him but yeah. for him at all and then the third thing i i think the biggest thing he just doesn't want to it's not an inability to it's just does not want to do it yeah he because like he i wonder if it's like because i was gonna say i wonder if like some of it too is like all of his teammates love pull-up jump shots so like it's yeah. like a competitiveness thing of like oh yeah watch this i'm gonna do a pull-up jump shot like, he loves staggering people and he's really really good at it like he's it's really hard to contest a shot yeah like, that's the big thing yeah he's that's, like maybe the best shooter in the draft right like i, I mean obviously that's like his big selling point is his no, jumper, I, don't think but, I think he is yeah because yeah. aj does not take those shots yet yeah, that's true. Well, I was just thinking, like, are there any like role player guys that are near him as as a shooter? And I don't sure. really think like, so, right? I mean, like, like Hyunjin Lee, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, what is his name? Uh, the Turquavion, sure. Yeah, Turquavion is a great shooter. Um, uh, Abaji, sure. Like these guys, but the, the, and those guys are all like uh, Julian Champagne when he's on. Those mm. guys are all like big. You know, those guys are all high usage players for their teams. Those guys are not going to be twenty five usage guys in the NBA. You probably probably will. Yeah, Matherin, Matherin can shoot. Maybe Matherin is a guy who's close. But like, no, he's the best shooter in the draft because he's just. Well, he's got a lot guys. of shot diversity too, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if you think about it, like the the number of guys at his height with his like ability to shoot, it's a like that have come through the draft in I don't know uh, the last decade or so. It's like. Him, MPJ. I'm trying to think of who else there was. Like at least in college. Uh, yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I not thinking of? Like that's that was that uh, size. Durant, I guess. Uh, uh, that, that was a long time ago. Years now, yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah, Durant, uh, MPJ, and and him. Like that's a pretty uh, good. Uh, Cam, Cam Reddish. <laughs> Yeah, even Cam's not not as big as Jabari though. No, um, and he wasn't. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he was never the shooter. <laughs> he just like likes to take a lot of shots, and he looks real cool doing them, but they don't go in. I, I yeah, see, because I think he's it's it's a level above Jaron Jackson. And yeah. I was a big Jaron Jackson guy, but like this is just a different yeah, sh- shooter. Well, yeah, because Jaron is not like an off the dribble shooter. Uh, Tatum, Tatum, kind of like it's yeah. 
Tatum shot like way didn't shoot as many threes as yeah. Jabari yeah. though, right? Like he he loved that. That was like the thing that I think people were worried about with Tatum was that he was going to be you know uh, mellower or uh, yeah. yeah. Or something like that, um, which you know there are worse things than being Carl Mallow Anthony he was a very good player, but like in the era where uh, people were more concerned with Towns, uh, I guess, but Towns shot just didn't have the because he played at Kentucky. But I mean, we knew, everyone, yeah. people knew the shot was there. Yeah, he didn't. Towns didn't have the the three point production in college, but uh, the people that had seen him play in high school were like, no, he can shoot. Like he's he's actually a very good shooter. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just not that many guys at that size, and like even Towns, again, like he's a very skilled player, but he like he's not like a cross you up and then hit a hit a jumper in your face. Uh, really, he's you know he's kind of developing it a little bit. Yeah, I I mean now, but like when he was 19 years old or whatever, uh, I don't know. That I mean, it's obviously he had that shot. Just people didn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, we had less evidence of it, but yeah. um, yeah, but yeah, I think that uh. Jabari is like one of the top five uh, tall shooters in the last twenty years, at least. Like that. I'll say that's pro- I don't know. I don't. Know. It's hard to. It's hard to go back, but well, well, let's see. Like the, the two. Yeah, back in back in the early two thousands. I don't know. I I I was not watching college basketball like that. So, <laughs> or or even like paying attention to the draft. So I, I don't really remember. But um, in any case, he's in very good company. Uh, yeah. And if if the uh, you know, lack of going to the rim is uh is more of a, a mentality thing. I think you can fix that, um, especially if you know he's he's just not he's context. not he's not a uh like a great leaper. Yeah, um, well, he's a little bit stiff, right? Like, doesn't he have kind of stiff hips? I, 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 like know, I think he has I've great heard. hips. I think he has he's he's a lateral athlete. Like, he's really good at like, moving, containing people. Mm-hmm. Keeping keeping its balance through like wide stands. That's part of the reason he's it's hard to contest him because he can just rise up from anywhere. He's just not like explosive vertically. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe that's what people mean when they say he's stiff. Like he just he does he doesn't have the vertical pop. He's an excellent like side to side athlete. I feel like he's just really good containing. He's really good driving people where they where he wants them to go. Uses his hands on them. Um, does he have the uh, the push off P <laughs> move to uh, on offense to? No, to... <laughs> not yet. I think he'll do. He just I, he's going to be terrifying to see what like the kinds of shots he develops when he's with NBA coaches. Like it's going to be frightening. Yeah, Paul George is another uh, big shooter. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know that he was a shooter like that in college though. I feel like he developed that shot more so. Than... Some of the numbers are there. I remember Hayward was kind of like that. I guess. Yeah. But even those guys are like still shorter than yes. than Jabari. Jabari's he's like six ten. Six ten and a half, yeah. He's huge. Yeah. He's he's um, legit six ten, two twenty. Yeah. Um anyways, that's a lot of Jabari talk. Uh I, I like I like him a lot. Uh I I think he'd probably go number one if I was the one making the decision, but I I think I'd probably have AJ two and with this but class like I, in particular, I think it really depends on who gets the pick. Because if the magic get it, I feel like they take Jabari. Yeah, because um, they've they've really pivoted that they've been talking a lot about three point shooting, and I just like aesthetically, I really want to see what. Assuming that Jonathan Isaac ever plays basketball again, that he you know the Substack Griff doesn't work out, um, <laughs> just like aesthetically as a basketball team, I'm really fascinated in. I would just be in Wendell, John Isaac, Jabari, Franz Wagner, the two Jalen Smith, Jalen Suggs. That's yeah. What does that team look like? Or even Cole Anthony. 
whatever guard you want to use. That's just a that's just like a physically dominant team with a lot of weird versatile guys who can make passes. Because like Franz is your point guard in that lineup. I feel like. Yeah, I like Franz. He, I mean, he uh, he and his brother yeah. kicked the bull's ass pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was no fun. And then uh, Jalen Suggs was dunking on us and talking shit, uh, making making Stacy very upset, <laughs> uh, which was like the nerdiest uh, lame take that Stacy I think has had uh, all season was yep. that they that they shouldn't get to talk when they were kicking our ass. Like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you get your ass kicked. Yeah, we're in the game. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I don't. Uh, I, I think we've probably been going for long enough. It's almost yeah, two hours. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, I am looking forward to uh, watching some tourney games. I don't know that I'll get to this watch is, all of them. But I, I took off the seventeenth, and I'm all. I'm off. I'm, uh, my current schedule is I'm off Fridays and Saturdays. So nice. Uh, I got three days of it. I'm going to go nuts. Uh, <laughs> buy a bunch of food and just and just hang out. Yeah. Get, order a order a big pizza and some. Uh, some appetizers. I'm making just... my food. I'm an air fry guy now. Oh, there, there you go. Now that I got right. my own place, I got my my, my my place I'm living at. My mother gave me their old one. That's yeah. Nice. All right. Well, enjoy your your air fried food and uh, your hours and hours of uh, college basketball. Great. Uh, we'll, we'll have to uh, to uh, check in after the tournament uh, on on some of those guys to see if any of them uh, you know popped enough to maybe move their stock at all. You can, you can move a little for sure. The big yeah. thing is the, the big thing for the, the real thing for, for draft stuff now is, is who stays. Cause yeah. I would say of my top 45, probably 15 of them are guys who may not a lot like mocks to go. Yeah. You know, like Jay Diver's not a senior, but he's leaving. Mm-hmm. It would be extremely foolish not to at this stage. Yeah. Given how many teams need guards and he's by far the best guard. He's so far ahead of the Ty Ty Washington, J.D. Davison, Chandler, Montero group. That's yeah. not even. The only guard, a, the only guard I have athlete. to him is, is Wesley. Yeah. yeah. And that's still probably eight, nine spots. Like, yeah, Ivy is so so explosive. Uh, you know, I, I think that he got – I heard some people compare him to Jaw, but he doesn't have Jaw's, like, vision or passing ability. But, no, like, but just the, in terms of, like, the thing is, very explosive gotten, athlete. He, he has gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. Um, he's true. already incorporating, like, he's a guy who couldn't shoot last year, and he's like a 42% three point shooter. Like, he's just slow. It's so obvious that he's adding these skills slowly mm-hmm. on the baseline of being just like a 99th percentile, like, explosion guy. Vertical, yeah. horizontal. And just has the med. It just has the. I don't know. He just has the look. He does. He, there's been three or four games. Like, they've lost. They lost two games on buzzer beaters. Yeah. Well, um, I think that you just, if you watch him for any amount of time, yeah. he jumps off the screen. It's like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Like, that guy is at worst going to be an NBA starter uh, um, for, for a long time. And, and yeah, it's just like the, like right now, his his two big weaknesses, his defense is okay, but you're not taking, you don't take guards for defense. Not that high. Unless you're mean, you're taking the Anthony Melton in the, in the lottery, <laughs> which I'm very happy I called. Um, um, but anyway, Anthony Melton's like a good ball handler, and, and it's like a is like a really weird. He had, had like a lot of weirdo offense, like a lot of putbacks action stuff. So it's like that guy will figure it out. Jaden mm-hmm. Springer is another guy like that. Like I think he'll figure it out. But um, but like uh, Ivy, Ivy, like his two big weaknesses as like an offensive player are that he has no in between game, and he just doesn't quite have his timing down as like a pick and roll guy. Uh, Guess what? Guess what's very easy to work on in the NBA is those two things. 
Yeah, guys tend to get better at those. It's it's like saying a guy is not a good spot up shooter. It's like, well, Ben will get better at it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As long as they have the, as long as they have the the baseline stuff that's going to keep them on a roster for long enough to develop that stuff. Yeah. Um. Then guys get better at that in the league. Like I think that that's a, a, a something that, um. Again, uh, shout out Chuck. Uh, he, he's he, I've, he's mentioned a lot on his podcast. It's like you have to have stuff that's going to keep you on a roster and get you minutes to develop. And obviously, Jaden Ivy has the athleticism. And it's better to bet. This is sort of why that. I'm I'm relatively low on Keegan Murray because I'm like, but Keegan Murray's an NBA player for sure. And yeah. I think I think if Keegan Murray was on the Bulls, he could start for them at the four. Yep. Like like, and he'd be effective. He'd be a nice player to have. But just, I'm not taking Keegan Murray at like four or five like some people have him because i just a a he's got uh he's got one of the biggest i'm actually once we get off i'm gonna go look up now that the regular season's done he's got one of the biggest drop-offs in bpm of any player like in the country when, when you play like top 50 teams oh really yeah yeah that's, he's still, that's he's a, still that's like a... it's still like a six i think like he's still a good player yeah but that's a that's a a an indicator that that maybe he, it doesn't hold up as he scales up against. Uh, well, it's also an indicator that Iowa Iowa's whole thing is they have one guy. That's the, their offense forever. Yeah, like they have to have a guy to force feed, and like he's good at like his. Unlike Luca Luca Garza, it's not just like hey do post ups. Like, <laughs> they force feed him in a lot of ways. They run him off screens. They let him handle and like create jumpers. They, they big transition scorer. Like he gets stuff in a lot of ways. I still think Keegan Murray is like a star. The difference mm-hmm. between him and I have him ahead of Justin Lewis, but Justin Lewis has like extreme, like his what do they call those like circle plot? Like the teams do like uh, like your, you know what I'm talking about when you have like different skills in different corners and it like juts out. Like yeah, the, yeah. Uh, uh, radar plot. Yeah, radar. yeah, yeah. Justin Lewis is just like would be wildly like it's strength super outlier. Mm. stuff and like blake wesley is another guy who has outlier tools and ivy has the most outlier tools in this class like tools wise physical tools they're insane yeah he's just insanely fast uh strong and uh coordinated like he's just an elite nba athlete yeah and like uh i mean only paulo's tools are pretty awesome too he's just not like his problem is that he can't play you can't you cannot ask him to play center defense you cannot ask him to defend the paint in the nba yeah he switches kind of Paolo kind of reminds me of uh, if uh, Blake Griffin without like the crazy vertical. Yeah, um, well, I've said this before. He's sort of the two halves of Blake Griffin's career kind of meshed. Like, what's the midpoint? Yeah, it's that. And the other comp that I've that I've, I've done a lot, and I think like people have recalled at this, but I actually quite like it is uh, Carlos Boozer. Yeah, because if Carlos Boozer came around now, Carlos Boozer would shoot threes. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Yeah. I yeah, really... and I, I think that Paolo will shoot three. It's like he he's he's not a bad jump shooter. He's just yeah. not a good shooter yet. They're also just they ask him that that's their offense is that Paolo and the like the pitch like pitch post stuff like that's because Coach K has no imagination. Yeah, and Paolo <laughs> likes doing it. Like he likes pushing people around. He's super strong. Yeah, it, as evidenced by the fact that he's six foot ten, two fifty. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. I mean, that's the, I guess the argument for Paolo, right? It's we talked about it earlier. Like all top 20 players are super strong. Yeah. Uh, Paolo is one of the stronger guys in the class. He's a tank. He's a tank. Um, and yeah, that, that's one of the things like 
I wonder with Paolo, um, and I'm going to probably wrap it after this just because yeah. we've been going for a while. But with Paolo, one of the things I think with him is just that, like, I could see teams just betting on his scoring package and, uh, like, tools and physicality at number one just and just being like yeah chet's production's nice yeah jabari is like jump shooting is like crazy outlier but like this guy is 6 10 250 and uh can get a bucket pretty much whenever he wants to yeah. um and you know we're just gonna bet on that guy like uh figuring out like the the more nuanced stuff that he's maybe not as good at um and you know i wouldn't be totally surprised to see that happen i mean that's that's sort of where i think some of the boozer stuff comes from for me is like you could get you give Booz the ball sixteen feet from the rim and clear out. Like he's gonna score. Yeah. And Paulo Paulo is very good at that. And but has like is a better like a has better athletic tools. I feel like and has like a Paulo's like he had some awesome passes in high school. He still has he's had some awesome passes in college. He just don't he, he's the he's their play finisher. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I I remember I think I read it somewhere where somebody was saying that. Uh, Paolo as a high school player was like known for processing the game very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and he's like awesome now, position. and now everybody's like, he's like, you know, the, one of the knocks on him is that he kind of holds the ball and uh, thinks about it too much. And it's like, is that Paolo or is that just like the way that the, that Duke uses him and he's not I would say half a set dozen, up, you know, half a dozen of one, six, whatever that's fucking. <laughs> Yeah, no, but so I don't know. That, that's another one of those things where like having the high school sample um, is, is useful because y- y- you can kind of. Also, speaking of, I will say if apart. the Bulls are in the 20s and they like Patrick Baldwin, I won't criticize the pick. Like he's had a disastrously bad year, but his high school tape was awesome. And he was good in that. He was like a really good. He was a corner threes guy who played defense and like attacked. He's got really good shooting form. Like he didn't shoot well in college, but like he watched the shot and you're just like, okay. Like he's not even like not even to the extent like Michael Porter has that problem, but he's worse than that. But he can still like. God, it looks the shot looks so good. Yeah, and maybe that's a little Cam Reddish syndrome. But even then, Cam Reddish is like like. He's a good shooter. Pick. Like, yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, Cam shooter, Cam Reddish is a good shooter when he shoots threes and does, and like is a catch and shoot guy. It's yeah. more like when you, when Cam tries to create off the dribble, it's a uh, kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, but all right, I'm going to wrap it there. Cause if we, <laughs> if, yeah. if I keep talking, we'll keep talking and yep. we'll, we'll never finish. But um, Brian, uh, tell people enough. where to follow you. Uh, yeah. If they're listening to this, they probably already do, but I'd like to get, let you get your plugs in. Uh, at Brian J Draft on Twitter, and I have my no, no other no other handle ever. No, it's never first been. time I've been on Twitter. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> um, and uh, I haven't asked for this in the. This is like episode twenty, and I, I have been extremely bad about this. But if you're still listening, um, you are uh, a, a great person, and I respect you very much because uh, this is almost two hours. But uh, if you could rate and review the podcast, that would be great. Um, I got some some nasty feedback on Twitter from some jerk and uh, kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so fuck that guy and uh, give us a, a nice rating uh, for our very long uh, draft podcast. <laughs> please, <laughs> we'll, like uh, and, we'll... please like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, hey no, guys, but yes. <laughs> Single man 69 here with another YouTube video. Uh, please like <laughs> and subscribe. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.